1: You know, we call it action radio for a reason. The whole point here is to take action, and unfortunately, I kind of uh, uh, jo- I, I kind of took this out of Josie a little bit ago, uh, and I'll talk to her about this uh, in the second hour. but um, people send me videos all the time. I mean, it's great. It is wonderful. I appreciate the support. But I already know the information. Uh, in fact, I've known the information for a year, two years, three years, you know, and yeah, there's some new little tidbits and new things coming out. And yeah, it's nice to have uh, some of the extras and that kind of stuff. Yeah, was okay. But however, the, the, the problem, the problem is um, that uh, uh, nobody's doing anything. Uh, people, and I, and I call it raising complaining to an art form, and so I want to talk to Brianna about that, and I want to talk to Josie about that, and I'm going to talk to everybody about that in the third hour, that uh, there's a fascination with repeating stuff that we already know and or being the first to repeat something that's just a little bit different, just a little bit newer, but it's not actually solving the problem. And I see us as, as solving the problems. I mean, we write bills, we write legislation. I had, uh, uh, I had Jonathan Moseley on the show yesterday, and we were talking about juries, and I said, well, juries are supreme to the judges. He's like, well, huh? Johnson's a criminal defense attorney. It's not like this is new to him, right? Um, you know, but that thought was new to him because it's new to everybody in the judiciary. They don't talk like this. And so I said, yeah, of course, because the juries represent the people and the judge represents the government. So then I had the bright idea this morning to, uh, to say, well, if we call the judge your honor, you know, why don't we call the, the jurors your justice? <laughs> you know, or, and, and the jury for a person should be called your excellence. <laughs> you know, let's give them a title, too. Let's put the judge in, a, in an umpire's outfit with white and black striped shirts and a whistle and make them, make them like a referee, which is what they are, and let's have the jurors have the, the black robes and have them sit above the judge. Just, these are just some of the things that go through my mind, but the biggest problem is that we're sitting around talking about stuff, and everybody's being the first to share videos with the latest information, but nothing gets changed. So let's change a few things. Let's get to uh, Brianna with the government inquiry report. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Well, how's that for a start? (laughs) Good morning, Brianna.
0: Good morning.
1: So what's on your mind? Uh, I know it's on my mind. In fact, everybody knows what's on my mind because I can't help sharing it. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I'm just a little uh, uh, a little perturbed. that, And I've said this before, that, that, you know, everybody's really happy about sharing stuff. It's okay, stop sharing. So that's, you know, share bills. If every person that shared videos with me shared our bills, we'd be in a totally different position right now. It, it, we just would. Anyway, um, I also wrote an article on uh, the FBI KGB. I don't know if you've had a chance to peruse that yet.
2: No, I
3: have
1: not uh, well I mean it's, I mean your homework's more important than my homework for you. <laughs> That's okay, so what are you thinking what's going on what's uh, what are the issues that are that are on your mind Where shall we inquire this morning?
3: Um, so I'm gonna kind of go off of what I did last week
0: because okay. there
3: is more to it that I found um, mm. and also. Do. In the future, like, unless there's, like, another um, topic that I feel might be um, better, I might be doing a couple more just mm-hmm. in-depth kind of looking at it.
1: I actually appreciate those more. You know, quite honestly, I'd rather, I mean, I'll spend two months on a topic. If you think it's worth doing and if you have the information for it and you want to do, like, a series, and, and uh, then, you know, what you want to do is keep the links to all those shows in the series of the topic that you're talking about. Put that together as a unit. You know, and we can do that here on the show as well. But, uh, but absolutely. Yeah, I, I love in-depth. You know, uh, most shows, you know, you're told the boss, the radio boss tells you two minutes. That's all you get, two minutes. People are stupid. Don't explain to them too much. They can't handle it. And, of course, I think just the opposite. I think people can handle it, and they appreciate the depth that we cover. And uh, Joe Rogan's proved that, and some of the other folks have proved that. We've been doing it for years. You know, I mean, I started it six years ago. Uh, Doing in-depth, you know, hour-long interviews uh, to the uh, to the contrary to everything I was being told by by the radio experts. Oh well, that's okay. Anyway, so yeah. Oh, oh by the way, um, Marco's listening in the Netherlands right now, so uh, you're, you're broadcasting worldwide. Feel free. Don't let that bother you.
0: <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> so yeah,
1: actually,
0: where,
3: um, where, where, what you're saying yeah, about that about um, them not thinking that people are intelligent enough. I actually because um, I was writing an essay about this before about bureaucracies and mm-hmm. when, I, when I was doing this I found that in the Han Dynasty in China this is mm-hmm. kind of where I think was like the introduction to bureaucracy um, because there was a, a different spots around the world and I was basically I to right where they came up and I was, in the Han Dynasty, they have, like, a really forceful legalism, and they got rid of Confucianism completely. Um, they had really strict laws. Um, they had a lot of control. Uh, that's kind of, like, what the main points of what they were doing were. And, uh-huh. okay, here it is. It was really interesting because... Here, there. It's about keeping them stupid. Um, it was basically saying that they're not intelligent enough to make decisions or do things. Let's we'll see if this is it.
1: No, I see intellectual parallels already. Freedom to, had to be yeah, what's going on today? Go ahead. No, keep going. This is interesting.
3: Yeah, it says severe punishments for misbehavior, rewards inspire obedience and dedication to the state, intellectual freedom um had to be restricted economy would be based on agriculture while commerce would be limited and then right here it quotes the book of lord shang and it says it was written in the 3rd century and it says a weak people means a strong state and a strong state means weak people therefore right. a country which has the right way is concerned with weakening the people if they are simple they become strong if they are licentious they become weak Being weak, they are law-abiding. Being licentious, they let their ambition go too far. Being weak, they are serviceable. But if they let their ambition go too far, they will become strong. If the people live in humiliation, they value rank. If they are weak, they value honor, honor. If they are weak, they honor office. And if they are poor, they prize rewards. If people are governed by means of punishments, they enjoy service. So that they did, they set honorary ranks and privileges where they wouldn't have to go into labor or pay, because um, basically all they had was agriculture, so that it would be a forced labor. Um, and they would allow them to pay certain taxes and stuff. And right here, bottom line, it says, the purpose was to create a new loyal elite to replace the old feudal one. So where have we heard this before? <laughs> and it's kind of going into what I'm going to be talking about today, because what they were wanting to do is because they had a bunch of – they had one empire mm-hmm. that was controlling all of the little – I don't know what you'd call it – states, I guess is the best way to put it.
1: No, it makes sense. And I mean, were there They were individuals. Um uh, I know states, provinces, you know, like the warlords would, would handle their own territories and things like that, you know, back in, in ancient systems. When was the Han Dynasty? That was about you said third century A D or B C
3: Um, I know the book was produced in uh th- third century here. Because it, it wasn't like just one year or something. Because it, it was me. Um, two hundred six BC to two twenty AD is what this says.
1: That's four hundred years. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, this I is mean, a sad. Thing. I want to copy. Last year long time. I want to copy this because this is absolutely relating to everything that's going on today. It, it goes back to the Prussian education system from the 1800s. It goes on to what's happening today. It's what we call the idiocracy. It's actually ruled by the stupid who want to convince, who keep everybody else stupid, but they're actually the, the biggest idiots themselves. I got Piaki in the line. I got uh, Marco in the Netherlands. This is going to be a busy morning, um, but continue on. Let's, uh, I want to develop this a little bit, then I'll bring in uh, everybody else in the conversation.
3: There's one more part to this about the Han Dynasty before I switch over to um, the other information.
0: Uh
3: And it says, in order to foster obedience and break up the traditional loyalty to the family, which it is viewed as a threat to state supremacy. So they're saying Mm -hmm. family and loyalty to family is a threat to supremacy, just as they believe, you know, um, strength, knowledge, and ambition is also a, a threat to their control over people. It says, the regime divided the population into units consisting of five to ten households. Each individual's crime was considered as the responsibility of the unit. The systems insens- This system insensitivized people to report a crime to the authorities so as to avoid harsh punishment to all members of the unit.
0: Mm-hmm. as efficiencies
3: increased agriculture productivity, created an efficient tax system, brought revenues to the government, and instilled in people fear of our authority. So like I'm that. just
1: taking notes. What's that? No, I'm just taking notes here. Don't yeah. mind me. Um, I got background noise out here. too. It gets hot. <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
3: Minutes in those two, but yeah. um, oh no, I want
1: these. These are this is fascinating, uh, and, and like I say, the parallels to Marxism are direct. You know, from Marxism to Nazism to communism to socialism to fascism to all the other isms out there, they they all they're all doing exactly the same thing. I mean, the parallels are incredible. I never knew this. This is fascinating for me uh, because I, I don't know my so history. you know, love does. this part. Okay, got a feeling. Bianchi knows ancient history. That's why I'm sure he's called in so quickly. But uh, I want to hear your your whole presentation first, and then we'll uh, then we'll sort of get into it. Yeah, tell me the rest. This is getting good.
3: So all of these policies that they implemented, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of the control that they had over all of these areas, their entire system was reliant upon the bureaucracy that they implemented. Now they didn't call it a bureaucracy at that point in time. It wasn't until like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, until mm-hmm. bureaucracy was coined. But their system was basically a bureaucratic system with, you know, officers and administrators.
1: Mm-hmm. So no, this is fascinating too, because research. I'll tell you uh, what was interesting is that uh, one of the things I want to do uh, is come up with a new model for government which doesn't include bureaucracies. And I don't know how to do it. It's it's one of the very few things I can't answer like immediately. <laughs> you know, because like most things can be figured out fairly quickly. This one's different um, because you know Rome had bureaucracies, uh, ancient Greece had bureaucracies, Egypt had bureaucracies, the the, the Middle East, the, the uh, Islamic Empire when it was great, you know, when they had the Library of Alexandria, I'm sure had bureaucracies. Everybody has even you know Native American, American Indians have bureaucracies. Everybody does. So the question is, but and they never seem to work out well because the bureaucracies tend to take over for the, the representative. Government and eventually you, you sort of you know uh, work your way down you know evolve into the unrepresentative government and that's what we have now uh, and that's why Trump is such a, a threat to everybody and we should bring that in the conversation too. But what you've said is exactly what the Marxists have said that you need the the state is preeminent and you want and like the Nazis had everybody reporting on each other and the communists did too and breakup of the family worship the state the state is your god the state is your family the state is everything and the people with the 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 least Moral character and, and humanity of all are the ones that always seem to rise, or want to have the most power. You know, I was reading something that uh, on Facebook this morning, and someone posted, uh, you know, power is, is and the desire for control is evidence of the weakest person, not the strongest. The strongest person only doesn't want any control, except over themselves. So this is all quite interesting. Um, so, so are you are you relating this to what's going on today and? and uh, and this would be like a long-term project, maybe you and I can talk about this as we go and explore some of these things, is how do we get beyond bureaucracy? Can we create a government without bureaucracy and still get the laws enforced? That's a huge question.
3: Yeah. And I, um, I don't think that'll be answered in the information I have, but what I was just talking about is definitely <laughs> correlating to, you know, the history of Marxist ideas, you know, in Nazi right. Germany and, um, everything that you're talking about definitely ties into that. And also this big globalization, thing, because, you know, history repeats itself, but not mm-hmm. always in the exact same way in the exact same places, because other places use what has been taught in history and they twist it and stuff. And um, the stuff that I had previously learned for today, and this is only half of it, because I don't think I would be able to fit it all into this. But um, so the ne- second half will be next week but it um is terrifying um, <laughs> but
1: no, that's okay it, so you're, we, you're absolutely right yeah you know i think i think you're but you're, on you're, the bureaucracy, not, you're not exaggerating here yeah go ahead
3: yeah on the bureaucracy there is one part of it have you heard of max weber
1: yes but i'm not uh is it pronounced weber is it a communist guy from from um european guy 1800s or we're we talking about somebody mm-hmm. different
3: no, he was to... a um, German. I think they called him a sociologist, or I think it was, oh, okay, a sociologist. I, German. Sociologist. I think I know who
1: you mean, but, uh, but go ahead he, and tell me and fill in the details. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he was a big influence and was describing basically uh, the American bureaucratic system and how it should be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is a rational way for complex businesses and governments to organize. And then he laid out these different steps of having an effective bureaucracy because he believed if it's not effective, basically you shouldn't have because it's not productive and it's harmful, you know. And, you know, there's a specific reason that you have a bureaucracy and there's a way to lay out your bureaucracy in order to be effective. And so his characteristics are... um, a chain of command that is hierarchical, with the top bureaucrat having ultimate control, and authority flows from the top. There. Number two is a clear division of a clear division of labor, where every individual has a specialized job. A clearly written, well-established formal rules that all people organize, all people in the organization follow. Clearly defined set of goals that all people in organizations strive toward, and merit-based hiring and promotion where there's no granting jobs to friends or family unless they are the best qualified. And the last one is performance that is judged by productivity on how much work an individual gets done.
1: Well, it's interesting because the good part of that is merit. You know, what we have today is Mm -hmm. uh, what they call diversity, equity, and inclusion, or as I call it, division, extortion, and idiocracy, Um, because they're rewarding people based on their skin color, their their gender, you know, what sex their partner is, and stupid criteria. makes no sense. But what's interesting um, is that this is very similar to a military model. And I was just thinking about how uh, after World War II, all the soldiers that came back, you know, once you've lived through D-Day, there's not a whole lot to be afraid of. And so these guys, and mostly guys, would start corporations or, or, you know, work in corporations and rise to the top. And a lot of it was based on a military model. Everybody, you know, all, it was mostly men. They all wore the white shirt and the, and, the, and the black tie, and they all, you know, followed orders. And, you know, and it was a very top-down kind of controlled situation, which worked fine when the United States was the only um, industrial power in the world after World War II. Everybody else was bombed out. We had all the factories. Of course, our factories got old, while theirs got modernized. But it's interesting that the rest of the world caught up and, and kind of uh, passed us by. Uh, and then we reversed the military model and went to uh, uh, like a feminist model and a Marxist model. Uh, some parts were good, some parts were bad in terms of uh, flex time and uh, getting a little cr- more creative at work and less of a military model. But uh, the, the actual the drive and ambition and the rewarding by merit, as opposed to rewarding by by friends, family, and uh, who you know and what you are uh, is what seems to change everything. Um, but do you see the the, parallel, the corporate and the military parallels because it, it seems to be pretty pretty straightforward that the political you know regiments with the discipline. and Then it goes to the education system, and then as people grow up and start working, you know they're they're used to an authoritarian model in school, so it's very easy to fit into an authoritarian authoritarian model, especially if they're in the military, and then get into the corporate world, and they're all still that, that same authoritarian model. What do
0: you think?
3: Yeah. I can see that correlation. Hmm. Also, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit, because um, <laughs> I should clarify, it wasn't the Han. I said i mistake. It's actually the Chin. Okay. the Q-I-N, Wait. and that's where that's where they supposedly coined the term China. It's from the first Chinese Chin Qin. Chinese huh. But, yeah.
1: Okay, so we have a little from, timeline. Yeah. No, uh, okay,
3: so the first one was the Qin Dynasty, and it was in 221 BC to 206, and then um, this was, like, where they had the first emperor and stuff, and the, this was, like, the first unification of all these different warring states with mm-hmm. the Qin Dynasty. Hmm. And then it was the Sui, it's S-U-I, I don't know how to pronounce that.
1: That's okay, don't worry about
3: um, it. I and mean, then it's the Han, which is well I was talking about earlier the one that reigned for four hundred years um, and
1: what is what was the last dynasty in china Qing? is there are are the are the is is like, what's his name uh Xi Jinping it's interesting that I heard there's like 12 Chinese names now because, you know, Mao killed so many millions of people and he made all the names the same to make them all equal. So, like 12. so uh, there was Deng Xiaoping. There was now Xi Jinping. There's a lot of pings,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: um, and it's actually a first name, which is interesting. The, 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 the last name, the first name. I'm just wondering if, if the current if the Chinese Communist Party are descendants of any particular dynasty. Just curious, did you have you looked into that at all? I mean, you may not. I'm just I'm just speculating.
3: Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't looked at that.
0: <laughs> it's okay, just no, the last fine.
3: dynasty mm-hmm. was the Qing. So it's like Q I N G,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: it was in 1911 slash
1: 12 A.D. So not that long ago. Which I that's that's right before World War One.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so let's, let's do a little speculation. Yeah. So, so 1911, uh, 1912 was the Titanic, 1913 was the year we lost our freedom, 1914 was the beginning of World War I. This is a pretty tumultuous time. War ended in 1918, Roaring Twenties was like 1922 when um, Calvin Coolidge cut the budget in half and the national debt in half. Gee, what a good idea. Um, and then we had the Roaring Twenties, and then of course we had the, the mass depression caused, caused by the socialists. But uh, where was China? So, so China. I'm not sure what happened in China uh, between the national government of Chiang Kai-shek and the Marxist government of Mao Zedong, or Mao Zedong, depending on your pronunciation. Uh, Because that was they started in, I guess, the late 30s. Because Japan invaded China in 1937. So what do you know? How we got from the, the Qing Dynasty um, to to Mao? What happened in the middle years, or was that one of the, the only times in China where they actually had um, a republic?
3: Mao was the '50s, right?
1: No Mao isn't no he started actually World War Two is see here's here's and here's one of the, the, the real tragedies of American history you want to study you want to study how bad the Marxists have ru- ruined our country the State Department had all kinds of uh, well the, the Defense Department had all kinds of weapons we were supporting Chiang Kai Shek against Mao because you know we didn't believe in communism here in the United States at least we didn't used to uh, and so and uh, but the State Department with, stopped blocked the weapons on the docks. So that Chiang Kai-shek never got the weapons. Mao confiscated all the Japanese weapons from World War II when we beat the Japanese. Mao took them, used them against Chiang Kai-shek, who had to retreat to you know, Formosa, which is now Taiwan. Uh, and that, so, so the only free Chinese, um, the real we should, in fact, we should recognize Taiwan as the real China and, and recognize mainland China as basically the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, because that's what it is. Um, but it's—I'm just curious because you look at look at look at Russia went from czars to communism. You know, you look at the warring states. Uh, Germany went from uh, warlords, you know, warring states to Bismarck to Kaiser to Hitler. You know, so I'm wondering. I'm I'm thinking of nations that have an authoritarian model. Do they continue it? And at, at what point do the people say no? Now, the only people where where freedom really started is England with Magna Carta rebelling against the monarch. So that's where our our tradition of freedom really comes from. But it's not a common thing worldwide. So so the parallels between what you just told me about destroying the family... Go ahead. This is fascinating.
3: I mean, these kind of situations of you know people fighting against you know the oppressive rulers people wanting freedom you know mm-hmm. um uh, slavery you know people trying to break up family units you know all of the things that you see i mean it, it can even be seen in the bible you know mm-hmm. i mean all of these tactics have been seen throughout history you know it's not like there was one starting point for something um, uh-huh. Now, there's definitely like what you're saying, in perhaps like the American freedom, definitely spurred from you know wanting to break away from you know the King George, you know the the, the oppression of England. Uh-huh. But you know that wasn't the first sign, or that wasn't the first. Um, point in history where, you know, people were breaking away from history. I think that's the same, like, you know, with um, these dynasties. that wasn't the first. You know, what we see in Germany with Hitler, that wasn't the first. Mm -hmm. Now, that might have been the first time somebody murdered six million Jews at once, but... um, (laughs) Um, well, you're about to you know, Kahn, first you know,
1: I mean, mass murder has been a, a theme throughout history. I'm going to bring Priyanka in a second. He's, he's, he's good on ancient history. I want to uh, pursue this a little bit. But, uh, you know, the Greeks had democracy, but democracy leads to tyranny. So, in fact, they even recognized the only yeah. Rome fought in the system. The Romans had a republic. So so I, I, I should correct myself that there were ancient societies with freedom, but they lost it. And they all lost it the same way. Bureaucracy. Corruption. Rule,
3: yeah. <laughs> rule by
1: the unelected. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I, yeah, you were saying the bureaucracy. I was saying corruption. Corruption, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> can you have bureaucracy without corruption? Because you've got people that aren't elected that create more and more power for themselves, uh, and there's no check on that power. I mean, there's, you know, they're 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 out there. You know, in fact, I'll, I'll talk about Trump's. Well, go ahead, and I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious what he has to say. Did you have further one?
3: Yeah, further I think he's. I think you can create, you know, a system of bureaucracy where there's not uh-huh. corruption. I just think it takes, you know, time and I think it takes studies to really understand because it's just like whenever they created our Constitution, you know. It uh-huh. wasn't some – it was the first time that this has been done, right? This isn't seen anywhere else. They had to create something new, some a system used off of other systems that they could make work, and so that's what you'd have to do with a bureaucratic system. You would have to use that system that's already been used, and try and frame it to keep the freedom of the individuals. Um, and that's it would okay.
0: just Makes sense.
3: I think it'd be the same kind of process.
1: Yeah, something just popped into my head, the Edict of Nantes, and I think it's a French document, and I'm not sure what that is, but I think there have been different times in history. Uh, okay, here we go. So this is something, let me see if I can find this one here. I just, I don't know, I don't know if I'm on the right track here. This just, just kind of popped into my brain. Edict of Nantes, it's French. Uh, so the French have an interesting history, too, because you've got the French Revolution, which was completely different than the American War for Independence. We were trying to throw off a colonial power. They were trying to bring about a whole new philosophy of uh, fraternity, uh, equality, and uh, what is it? Fraternity, egalite, liberté, and liberty. And they kind of, kind of shortchanged the liberty. Okay, so this was, it was uh, 1598, granted a large measure of religious liberty to the Protestant subjects like Huguenots. It was company about okay so there so so religion was a whole big thing okay I'm gonna put that aside for now that might be interesting let's get to Pianki I wanna find out more about ancient, uh, ancient societies Pianchi, what can you uh, share a light on this bureaucracy societies falling apart what do you you know I, uh, can you tell like Carthaginians Abyssinians Babylonians let's go way back let's talk about uh, and did did the authoritarian societies have that same Principle of destroying the family, worship the state, making people stupid, having a, a you know, it's like the government education system. That's the whole purpose is to make, is to take really bright kids at four or five and turn them into idiots by the time they graduate high school. Bianchi?
4: Well, no matter <clears throat> the weather, good morning. First of all, good morning to your guest. Oh, well, uh, yeah, you know, she's
1: a regular. She's not a guest. She's a reporter. She's a regular. She's, she's every right. Tuesday. Let's, let's give her a proper title. Good
4: morning. <laughs> Good morning, to your uh, reporter. Well, it, 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 it's always, society's always, have so far always came to an end. They have a lifespan, no matter whether it's uh, mm-hmm. what you call just or whether you call it corrupt. Corruption always exists. It, 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 you have corruption in the United States, then you, know, you go to other third world countries are banana republics as they like to call them you have corruption I would uh, ask her to study uh, Oliver Cromwell and uh, King Charles King Charles and King Charles the uh, King Charles the mm-hmm. first and uh, his son who came later on
1: let's and talk about you that can see... that's, uh, that's a fascination with me actually because as a, as, a, as a kid in Australia Uh, One of our field trips was to watch uh, Cromwell with Richard Harris. It was a required viewing. It's part of our education because it was such a historic film. Uh, Brianna, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, But uh, do you know about uh, Cromwell and and Charles I and and the divine right of kings? Kings can do no wrong because they're kind of like the pope. They're God's representative on earth. Brianna?
3: I've heard the name Oliver Cromwell, but I have no idea who he is.
1: Okay. Well, if you get a chance, watch the Richard Harris film. It's a little you know grosatirers it gets it's a little graphic you know but uh um because you know the the, the king you know kind of tortured people but uh, it's act but the whole premise is that the people you know through the parliament uh will govern you know it's it's a we and it was like 1600s so this would have been right after the edict of nant uh magna carta i think was 1200 something and and so the english have been rebelling uh, against um you know authoritarian governments you know probably as long as they've had a monarchy but it really started you know, of course, then it was Braveheart. When was Braveheart? Who knows? Who knows when the when the Scottish rebelled against Edward the First? do you know?
4: No, not right on, off all But you know the principle of Oliver Cromwell was carried on with. He was a Puritan, right? And that same principle was carried by the settlers who came here. Miss the settlers that came here believed that uh, uh, this land was destined to them by the Bible. You know. so, well, the parents
1: uh, believe that if I, if I understand it correctly, and Brianna, you know, feel free to jump in here too, that, uh, that no man is above God. God is God and man is man. And, and no, no man can be God or, or, or speak for God, you know, directly and represent God and, and assume the powers of God. And the problem with King Charles, the first was that he said that there is a divine right of Kings. If the King does it, it's legal, you know, because the King is God for all intents and purposes over you know, the king is the sovereign. Everybody else is a the subject. They still call them British subjects. You know, British are not citizens. You know, you could be, I guess now you can be called a citizen of Great Britain. But quite honestly, the, the, they're still subjects. They don't have the same rights. They don't have a constitution like we do. Uh, let's check with Marco in the Netherlands. Uh, you know, because the Netherlands still has a monarchy. I mean, the last queen I know was Queen Wilhelmina. And I don't know who the current king or queen of the Netherlands is, but I think they still have one. You know, so are are so Marco, are you a subject or are you a citizen? Brianna, what do you know about this?
3: Um only a little bit, of like a okay. general idea. I don't know, know much of this in depth.
1: Well, that's all right. Well, this is why it's so much fun to speculate. Well, so, so when you found all this stuff about bureaucracy, uh, tell me, we should refresh where we were last week and, and, and then this week and where we might go with this next week. So what are you leading to? What, uh, what are your, do you have conclusions? Do you have thoughts? Do you have things we should be exploring, uh, ideas, topics? And you never have, remember, you never have to have a, a right answer or an answer for everything right away. Uh, this isn't school. This is, this is where we ask the questions that nobody else is asking. So in asking the question, it, it, a lot of times it'll set us on a, on a, on a journey to, to try and, and discover an answer. Uh, that, to me, is far more important than, than you know, having a, a short question and a short answer. So where were we last week, and, and how did this come about to, do, to bring up the Chinese dynasties uh, and this authoritarian model? It's really interesting.
3: Yeah. Um, so last week, we were kind of talking about, you know, this push towards globalism. And I'm actually um, going to be talking more about that a little bit more in depth. Um, Okay. But the Chinese dynasty, you know, I think it was kind of like one of those things where it just comes into place because I had just been studying this. And so it's kind Hmm. of like that knowledge is still kind of fresh in my mind. And I could see the correlation whenever I was doing it. And so whenever you, I don't even remember what you brought up, but um, like, a minute ago, before we got into the big <laughs> discussion, you know, you brought up something and it just sparked. And I was like, oh, wait, you know, this, this did you is there.
1: Yeah, because we don't have an instant um, replay. So I've already forgotten what I said. So I I never, you know, so so tell me what did I
3: yeah. say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, I'll
1: we'll have, we'll have to catch on the podcast later. But, uh, yeah. But the globalism. Yeah. So, so is the Because it used to be that a nation that people wanted to control an entire nations. So the Qing Dynasty, the dynasties wanted to control China. Uh, Genghis Khan wanted to control Mongolia and most of the world. Alexander the Great wanted to control Macedonia and the world. Um, but the globalists, they're starting with the world. <laughs> you know, they're not even bothering with, with controlling individual nations. Or in fact, they're doing it backwards. They're taking uh, globalists through the Young Leaders Program, which I call Communist Boot Camp. Uh, and then they're sending them back out again. And that would be uh, Jacinda Ardern, who completely destroyed New Zealand uh, with tyranny over COVID. Justin Trudeau, uh, who are the other Marxists that are out there that have been to the – we have some, some of our folks here, some of our journalists and some of our leaders. The governor of Georgia uh, was, was in the Young Leaders Program communist boot camp. So the globalists seem to be doing it differently now. Is it because of the technology that can reach more people, do more things? You know, we've got jet travel. We've got instant communication that they're starting with. In other words, the world is trying to control the nations rather than a nation trying to control the world. Do you see how that's flipped around? Yes. Hmm. Yeah.
3: And that's, that's their goal. That's also their problem of, you know, that conflict. But they have found a way to solve that problem, supposedly. Um but still in, in the minds of most, you know, that, you know, they won't actually be able to accomplish this globalist society because of all of the different cultures and everything. Um, so that's
1: that's the interesting part. The thing is just
3: because... Um, yeah, go ahead. But I still think that just because something has that many difficulties and that many boundaries that you have and that many risks to take, And the amount of difficulty it would be to do that to the world, I think once you have enough power and fear and control, and once you have your circumstances correct, I think you could actually be able to implement globalism. And that's what they've been trying for years, is trying to implement this. You know, they have been trying to implement this for 80 years. So... Yeah, I mean, if, if it's if like, not it, It's not just a theory anymore. We
1: we've seen this all before. That's the crazy part, you know. And it goes back. World War One, they tried it. You know, Wilson with the the, the League of Nations. That was a, that was a world government. You know, the United Nations after World War Two. That's a world government. You know, and it goes back all through. Oh, history. you're
3: gonna love what I'm talking about
1: today. Well, then go go for it. Tell me tell me more. What's what's next on our on our agenda?
3: So most of the information that I got here was from Alex Newman. You may have heard of him before. I have not. Um, Tell me. He's the founder of some kind of organization of like educating Christians. I know he's a journalist. Um, He might have some other business. Um, But basically he he went into like a deep dive of globalization. So a lot of what I'm – we're going to be talking about it is from him, and then I actually went into the terrifying website. You know, that's something that go into the website of the United Nations and the World Economic Forum, and it is just like all the headlines and all the articles and everything that they have just on. It. I mean, literally the headline, like front page on all the pages that you go to for the United Nations. It what, mm-hmm. where is it? I wrote this down. It says, peace, dignity, and equality for a healthy planet. That's their headline <laughs> on
0: everything. I was like, yeah, <laughs> they're
1: ahead, not, Doug, they're not
3: quiet about it. They're literally shouting it from the rooftops. But yeah. Um, yeah, they have a bunch of articles. Um, a lot of the ones from the United Nations that I saw was history of slavery. And they wanted to dismantle and fight it and things like that. That what I saw a lot of the mm-hmm. articles being, and then there's a lot of technology things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, one of the other things on the United Nations, um, was there sustainable development goals in climate action, And they mm. said there are 17 goals. Well, this exact thing is on Agenda 2030 with the World Economic Forum. How about so that? It's this they're, they're working together here. Um, and it's very obvious, you know, <laughs> you can find that very quickly. But they also, if you go onto the page and you click About Us and you go over to the UN system, so United Nations, About Us, UN system, you'll find a page with a ton of different, um, I guess you'd say, organizations or your three-letter um groups um some of them here i'll put up un un habitat unicef unip and, and they just got maybe a hundred maybe not a hundred but you know 50 or something they've got a lot uh-huh. of these here, and they're a bunch of just different organizations and they're all around the world like switzerland germany austria denmark oh. new york italy jordan washington dc oh that's the world bank um <laughs> France, United now, Kingdom. Well, you know, the question, these though, things are all is, around
1: the world. Is the UN funding the World Economic Forum? Do they have a direct pipeline? So, in other words, countries that are contributing to the UN, which is mostly us, uh, is that money is a, is a portion that going direct to the uh, the World Economic Forum? Uh, have you seen a connect? Because they have the same the same thing. I was just curious if you found anything.
3: Yeah. Or Have you looked at that? They. I'm going to have to look into that and writing that down, but okay. um, I don't actually know that exactly, but I wouldn't be surprised if one wasn't funding the other at least, mm-hmm. But um, because it seems with all of their motivations here that they are actually working together here. Well, and
1: they're all working for the same thing. Um, A lot of this starts with, and Pianchi's made some points. If you ever check, if you can check the live chat at some point here, uh, he's got a lot of points on on Oliver Cromwell, which is a great time in England. Um, But uh, Cromwell uh, rejected being king, just as Washington rejected being king uh, here. That uh, people, uh, there's something. This Henry Kissinger said, "I'll do my best." Henry Kissinger was secretary of state under Richard Nixon, and he said, and he said, "Bauer." Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. So, in other words, power. People love power. They love power. They love to be around people who are powerful. Uh, and uh, power attracts its own people, people who want power generally. Uh, and this is why dictators are always so suspicious and paranoid and kill all their opposition, because everybody wants the power that they have. <laughs> you know, if you don't have, a, have a, a peaceful transfer of power like we have, except for the last election, um, then um, – you know, things are pretty pretty crazy out there. Um, have you ever read the, the the UN Declaration of Human Rights? And, and Pianki brought this up too in a comment. Well, not this, but but this idea, because this is where I think the real problems start. Have you taken a look at it?
3: I haven't read the, I haven't read it completely, but I remember we read part of it on uh-huh. the show one day, and then I went back right, okay. and I read a little bit more of it, but I haven't read uh-huh. all of it.
1: Okay. Well, you don't have to, but, but what's, what's good, because I can't read it remember it all. I have, you know, uh, my memories. you know, for details, I get bored real fast. And so, but, but there's a big difference between human rights and individual rights. And we made that very clear in our Australian Bill of yeah. Individual Rights. If you, if you, I don't know if you've checked out that lately, but there's some really interesting stuff that would apply to today, uh, not just in Australia, but everywhere,
3: yeah, we especially had in the a, United States. Yeah, we had a discussion over it about you
1: know, um, the human rights not being realistic. Well, it's not that they're realistic. It's that they're group rights. I mean, well, realistic is, is one part of it, too. But what they're doing, and, this gets, and let's, get, let's relate this to what you said earlier with sustainability and climate change. So this is why I brought it up, because, there's, um, because when they say human rights, the, the intention they're trying to give, uh, they're trying to equate human rights with individual rights. But in actual fact, they're not. That's, this is the big lie. There's always a big lie somewhere when it comes to leftists. And the big lie says that, well, human rights, you know, these are, these are universal. These are rights that apply to everybody. Dignity. Well, how do you give people dignity? Well, you take money from people that earned it and you give it to those that uh, didn't. <laughs> then, then they have the <laughs> dignity. A living wage, you know, for example. Or, you know, and people say, well, you know, and I'm trying to explain this to people, that the individual rights are completely different than, than human rights. Because if human rights means that everybody who's human you know, has the same rights. So if you have, uh, you know, uh, truth, justice, the American way, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that means Madagascar does too. So why can't they have your house? That's a human right. You know, so if if your right to accumulate property is not an American right under the Constitution for American citizens and lawful immigrants, permanent residents, it's for everybody, <laughs> you know, then, then Madagascar and, uh, I don't know, pick a country, you know, Chad, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Thailand, you know, any any poor person from any country well, they're human. Why can't, you know, it's like the open borders folks. They'll say, well, they just want a better life. I said, well, great, they can have a better life, just not here, you know, (laughs) go make a better life for yourself. And then if you want to come here, that's different. But the thing is, you don't have human, you know, human rights trying to to, uh, equalize the world is never going to work. Because most countries, like you were talking about, China, uh, we've talked about, you know, Germany and Mongolia and all these different societies, Rome, Greece, Egypt, none of, they may have started off with the best of intentions, but as Pianchi said, it eventually dies out and you can't give away, we don't have enough to give away to, to, you know, equalize everybody. And yet that's what they talk about, but I don't think it's made clear enough the difference between human rights, where everybody gets the same stuff, (laughs) okay, and individual rights, where you have the right to pursue your maximum potential. Make
0: sense?
3: Yeah. And, and okay. you see, and that kind of reminds me, like what you're talking about here kind of reminds me of like the, the process of um, the free market economy, you okay. know, versus the communist one. And it's what a lot of people are kind of like um, fighting for against is Cause they don't understand that part of it. You know, they believe that the, the communism part will, you know, make everything more equal for people get money even if they don't deserve it and stuff but they don't really Uh care about that part but what they don't see is that because the main reason that they go to that is a they don't fully understand it but it's Uh because they think that this capitalist society is horrible because if they first didn't think that the capitalist society is horrible they wouldn't run to communism and the reason that they think that is because they don't understand it and that's something I've learned because I've been listening to a lot of people like on like why they believe in communism, why they believe, you know, the free market or what they call capitalism is uh-huh. evil. And so the main thing is, you know, in the free market, nobody gets poor because what you do is workers get paid to make something. Uh-huh. Then... No, you can have have poor people in a
1: free market. You can definitely have poor people in a free market. But what you don't do is restrict the people from from gaining property and wealth, you know, if they're entrepreneurial, if they mind taking a risk. See, the thing is, there's a trade-off. Yeah,
3: well. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't mean to say that. I mean, like, um, in a free market economy, it's not like somebody gets everything taken away from them by doing work. It's not like they go to work and they don't get paid for anything and they go home and they starve, you know, because they don't have any money, you know. It's it's not like that. I mean, b- people work, and they get paid, and then they sell mm-hmm. products, and they get paid. The people that bought that product have a job somewhere else where they get paid from somebody else who made something mm-hmm. who gets paid. So, you know, ev- everything within the free market system is somebody does work in order to gain an income, in order to buy other things from other people to give them an income, for making a different product.
0: Yeah. Have you, heard the expression, was,
3: you
1: know? have you heard the expression zero sum game or zero sum?
3: Um. I've heard. Yes, I've heard of it. Um. I can't remember what it is, but I've heard of like the zero carbon thing.
1: <laughs> oh, zero, <laughs> so no, no, that's different. It. A zero sum game is where the only way that somebody can gain something is somebody else has to lose something. And it's basically the socialist Marxist economic philosophy. So in other words, if uh, Bill Gates, you know, has X billions of dollars, that means he stole it from from other people who who deserve it. And this is the whole basis of equity. It's the basis of of enforced, you know, everything from climate change, sustainability. It all comes from this idea that that life is a zero-sum game, that the, the, the amount of wealth in this country is fixed. And the only way you can get more of it is to take it from other people. It's a bunch of nonsense because the wealth in this country is not fixed. You know, the gross domestic product, you know, the ability of, of more people, you know, using more raw materials to create more finished goods to provide more services. That's what wealth is. Wealth is people plus labor plus uh, raw materials, plus creating finished goods and services. That's how society gains wealth. And so okay. the, the larger the amount of wealth you have, the larger the amount of wealth that's available for everybody. Now, is it going to be, quote, distributed equally? No. But that's okay because that's a free market. You know, some people work harder than others, so they should get more stuff. Some people are smarter than others, so they can invent more things. You know, some, you know and it's just, it doesn't work this way. But if you try and equalize everybody, the only way to equalize everybody is to, make, uh, to, to take the lowest common denominator. It's like creating an education system. Well, everybody has to succeed in education. Well, that means you lower it down to the, 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 the dumbest person in the school. That's the only way to equalize it, right? Well, what does that do for everybody else? So, so the school system is only serving one person the least intelligent one. That's probably not their fault. You know, I'm sure. I'm not trying to pick on, on, on people. But the point is that that's what happens. That's the zero-sum game. And it, it, it's not true. You know, it's if you want more wealth, you make you make a bigger... It's like, you know, a pie. And we talk about inflation. If you have eight slices in your pie and then you cut those slices into 16, you go, oh, look, you got more slices. Well, isn't that great? No, because each slice is half what it was before. The the, 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 the the amount of nutrition is still the same. You've just made it into two pieces. Um, so this all kind of now you need two pieces together.
3: of pie just to make up for the worth of one piece of pie.
1: Yeah. That's yes. why you need a dollar to what used to cost 50 cents because your dollar is only worth 50 cents. I don't know if you, uh, I posted some Facebook last night. I went through uh, um, did a little bit of research on the stock market. And, what, and so what would the Dow Jones industrial average be uh, corrected for inflation? And so uh, I went back to 1900 because that's a convenient figure. People uh, figured out. And apparently the dollar, um, Today's dollar is uh, 2.87 uh, or 8, was 2.? 2 yeah, 2.78 cents. Well, I just call it 3 cents. <laughs> so basically, today's, today's dollar is worth 3 cents of what it was worth in 1913 or, or 1900, you know, because there wasn't much inflation between the, inflation started with the Fed in 1913, which means that the Dow Jones average of $32,483 or whatever it is, uh, correct inflation is $900. <laughs> That's not a lot. You know, considering that the, the Dow Jones started in 1896 at $41. So it's gone from 41 to 900 Now, that's an increase, you know, of several times over. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, you know, but over the course of over 100 years, that's, that's nothing. So most of the increase in, this, in the Dow Jones has come from inflation, have come from taking the dollar, devaluing it, and putting more in the economy. So we haven't actually gained as much as we think we have. It's interesting. Um, sustainable. Tell me about sustainable. What? Is, how would you define sustainable? Because this is so, a key concept of the globalists.
3: We've, I think, we've kind of covered it back in the agenda 2030 because it's part of the 17 steps. Because that's what their, I guess, smokescreen kind of word is, is mm-hmm. sustainable development goals. But really, what that is is, you know, the basically what you're saying, a globalist communist society where they mm-hmm. can spread things however they want because they have control over the people and the food supply and the water supply and everything else, and mm-hmm. the idea of keeping it sustainable. And then with that, one of the biggest things that I see that I've learned like, with this push is mm-hmm. climate change and climate action. And that seems okay. to be the biggest forefront, forefront that they're using to push this. And I mean – Supposedly they are able to artificial clouds and the weather already. They're working on being able to control the weather. Um, mm-hmm. now I'm I haven't not gone sure about depth that. that. So I don't know if they really are doing that. I know they're trying, but I don't know if they have succeeded or anything yet because I haven't really looked into the weather thing. Um, but I know that they are really big on pushing this climate change. Mm-hmm. And nothing that Why? they're going to do is actually...
4: But why, why
1: climate change? What, of all the issues to pick out there to control people, why climate change?
3: Well, this actually goes to my point. It's because what they're doing is they're starting in education of children. Mm-hmm. That's who they're kind of getting to be on board with them is the children. And so it's – and climate change has been a huge thing all around the world. Well, um, only recently. I, world, I never but... heard
1: about it. it, was, it wasn't, there was sustainability yeah. when I was in school. I remember talking about environmental sustainability. Uh, sustainability to me is like, you know, you plant a tree for, for every tree you cut down. That way you maintain the stock of trees. That only makes sense. That's logical. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about you can't feed the planet unless we all eat bugs or produce meat in the lab. And it just came out that uh, Tom Renz was testifying before Missouri. He's a lawyer. Uh, one of the hero lawyers out there. He said, "Look, they're, if they're if they're making you know lab meat, they're putting GMO, they're putting vaccines in the lab meat. So not only are they genetically modifying them GMOs, but they're also genetically in, in infusing messenger RNA to lab meat. Another good reason not to eat lab meat. Don't eat farm, you know, don't eat farm fish, don't eat lab meat. You know, get real stuff. Uh, the closer to nature, the better. Uh, but that's what they're doing now, and so because it's sustainable." Well, what is sustainable? Sustainable is not planting a tree for every tree cut down. That's not what it means anymore. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But what I is it about that, climate change? I mean, it's what, still... Uh, go ahead. It's a flashy topic to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. majority of people, especially in America, the edu- through the education system, people believe that it's this truly horrible... Event that's happening, and they have to do something to stop it. And whenever mm. you instill this in somebody's education and their minds and stuff, which is their goal. I mean, they they say it outright that it's through education. Right. But um, you know, uh, they want to educate here. I'm gonna actually find that part right here. They want to know. use education to build the mentality to not go to war by having and in order to build that mentality basically what they're going to do is um, have no nations in order to not be able to go to war with each other but that's in a different part that's, of it
1: that's john lennon um, that's that's the song imagine imagine there's no countries it's easy if you try <laughs> you know if you ever read the lyrics to john lennon's song imagine i mean the song's beautiful uh but the words are terrible <laughs> the no, words it's really disgusting yeah so but if you just read it but, and you give people
0: go ahead yeah hmm.
3: oh well, um, yeah, no, so ahead. they basically use this education to make the children think this way as they grow older and stuff and so that they feel like they have to. And whenever they have this big thing saying sustainable development and climate action, you know, what they do is they have a lot of people just immediately going to jump on board with what they're doing. And actually the first I, – I found this, and I thought it was really interesting. The mm-hmm. Paris Agreement
1: climate was in 2015.
3: Goes, right? right. Yeah. Okay. And this was the first step of their push of like this climate action in their agenda 2030. I was like, what? Because I never knew that. And didn't Trump get us out of that? Yes, And he then did. Biden put us back in that. Of course he
0: did. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> um, <laughs> Biden reversed yeah. everything that Trump did right. This is why everything's so screwed up now. So so it would be an interesting uh, topic next week. Let's call it the inverse theory that everything. That The uh, the left hates Trump so much that they they took everything that he did right, reversed it, totally screwed up the nation, and then still blame Trump for for being a horrible person when they, in fact, have, have taken away everything that he did that was right. It's really quite fascinating, and they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, oh, I, I'm. I made a video, by the way, and I actually posted this morning. Um, of uh, I, I said, oh yeah, you, you you'll find it in, in your messages. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, I actually posted Facebook too. I'm I'm getting braver about this. Uh, there was I, I said, look, there's no response to Trump's speech on on Saturday night, so I made one for the Democrats. You know, I call it the the Biden enhanced speech, uh, because if you listen to it, uh, I actually I made it using and I, I've talked about doing this before, but I didn't exactly know how. Um, so I had a YouTube of the Soviet national anthem <laughs> playing in the background, <laughs> and I had Biden's speech. You know, where he had the the red background with the Marines and the flag and the whole kind of stuff. He's yelling and screaming. It looks like a communist dictator. So I merged. I played them both at the same time and recorded it. <laughs> you'll find it. So check my Facebook page. Check uh, it's public, uh, or check um, you know to, you, you'll find it. <laughs> I've already sent it to you, but it's out there. So I'm thinking. You know what? This seems. This is kind of cool. Let me ask you a question though about. Um, about the whole idea of, of climate change, of why climate change, because I have a theory that I was thinking of as we were talking. You can't prove or disprove climate change. It's a, you can talk about it in terms of fear. You can say, oh, the polar ice caps are melting, but who actually checks the polar ice caps to see if they're melting? Pianchi made the point earlier that the, the Arctic ice caps are melting and the, and the Antarctic ice caps are actually increasing because the, the Earth has wobbled a bit, which it does. You know, oh, the polar bears are all dying out. Well, have you counted them? Apparently, they're they're doing just fine. You know, go ahead.
3: There was something I may have said it last week. I'm not sure. But they did two different studies about the carbon footprint.
0: Mm. And what they were doing is what they were
3: trying to do is see if it's accurate what they're saying about eliminating carbon emissions. And first off, Mm -hmm. if you had no carbon in the atmosphere, we would all be Mm -hmm. dead. Okay? So the zero carbon policy. We just gotta kind of throw out the window because I don't even <laughs> understand how anybody got work that, but um, well let's find out they let's, did let's, it whenever uh, during let's
1: think about it yeah but okay. they did it during I...
3: recessions and stuff where <laughs> the productivity of carbon was like extremely low, you know, so that basically us humans emitted way less carbon emissions, and what they found is that the level of the carbon footprint. Steadily increased just as it had before. No change. Yeah. So what was it? They found yeah, that one humans more time. Let's go, let's, had let's no effect over the carbon in the air. And I was like, because, you know, through the entire school system and my entire life, I had been told that, you know, humans were to blame for all of this extra carbon in the air and we had to take steps in order to do it or in, in order to, you know, stop it and take it out and stuff. And I, of course, I never got on board with it. But I never actually realized that we had no effect over it. Like if we just stopped, you know, it still wouldn't it wouldn't work. It still just didn't increase. Oh but yeah, I was yeah. Just yeah, kind yeah.
1: Of so where'd by you us. find that again? Uh, I think I, I am. Is a distractor? I missed that part. Where did, you, is it? A study that you found, or just a realization? Or how'd you come about with this? Where'd it come from?
3: Um, that one I found last week. It may have been from an article
0: or it may have
1: been from um give
0: me
1: just a yeah. second. Okay. Wolf will do, 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 do. <laughs> It's live radio. Let's talk about Piance Matomic actually on live chat. No, no, that's okay. I'm, 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 I don't take things seriously. You know me. So Pianki says fear is used to get the people to believe in a particular fashion to further someone's cause. She's absolutely right. Oh, Where would Bianca go? Brianna, call back. <laughs> she she hit her phone. Uh, Brianna. <laughs> this is kind of funny. You know, it, I guess did she have to leave her? I mean, it's it's at the top of the hour. Did she have to leave like immediately? I, I felt like we we're in mid sentence here. She shouldn't call back. Um, let's get Pianki live. Pianki, what do you think so far? Oh no, she's back. <laughs> Uh, I, I know it's the top of the hour, but, but usually you say goodbye before you go.
3: I, I, I don't know what happened.
1: No, okay. I didn't it's even radio. realize
3: the time. Um,
1: yeah. no, it's the FBI but, KGB. I, they, I guess GHR. it just
3: kicked me off. <laughs> it wasn't well, me. You, know I,
1: me I didn't touch anything. I I, yeah, I just I was going to read. I read Piyanke's comment about fear and uh, get the people to behave in a particular fashion. Well, here's this is what yeah. I think is worth exploring: climate change. You can't see it. You can't prove it. You can't disprove it. It's a completely imaginary concept. And as you said before, um, that uh, we are, and after we've ta- I've talked about this with you. I've talked about it with pretty much everybody. We are a carbon-based life form. If you're against carbon dioxide, it must mean hate people. I mean, I think it would be a great argument against the, 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 the climate changers, you know, the climate idiots. I mean, they call us climate deniers. Okay, well, yeah. all right. I actually, I'm a climate realist. Go ahead, Bianchi. And then i got uh, Jesse's on the line.
4: There has been times in history during events like uh, the Transcontinental Railroad mm-hmm. when people commented on the winter as being the worst that they have ever seen. where Ooh. There was no cars on the road at that time, even before that.
3: Then also <laughs> in
4: World War II, uh, did they not say that the winter that was the worst in ages? World World War War II. II. Actually, World II. War II was
1: one of the hottest periods. It's interesting that uh, all the communists, socialists, Marxists, fascists, uh, they all rose to power during the hottest time in the 1900s, which is the 1930s. Well, temperature-wise, were the hottest summers. The hottest record temperatures were in the 30s. So in the worst economy, when people went the craziest, it was actually the hottest. It's kind of interesting. But uh, the Thames, spelled T-H-A-M-E-S, looks like Thames, but the Thames River in England froze over in the 1800s. Well, there weren't any cars then they just horses and poop, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, yeah, about methane. But the, the Thames froze over. People were skating. There are pictures in the 1800s. Everybody was skating on the Thames. It was, you know, fabulous. But, the, but just the idea of, 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 of the climate, of the idea, this is what I'm thinking. Is that You can't prove it. You can't disprove it. You can't see carbon dioxide. You know, if you say floods are coming and the floods don't come, people go, oh, there's no flood. What are you talking about? But with climate change, you can't see it. It's all in your mind. It's an imaginary fear, which you either have or you don't have. But it seems to me the ultimate manipulation is to take a fear that you can't prove or disprove because it's purely imaginary and use that against people and those who are predisposed to fear the imaginary because they don't, they don't have God, they don't have a solid belief, they don't understand science, they don't question, they've been raised to be idiots and not you know, under an authoritarian model. It's pretty easy to manipulate people with the fear of something that they will never see except in their minds. Brianna? Hey, Greg. Yeah.
3: So I'm going to have to go here in a minute or two, but um, Fine. I, I want to quickly comment on that. cover these. All right,
1: go what? ahead. I'll go ahead, and cover what you need to cover, then I'll get to so this. So
3: I'm just going to, yeah, quickly go over this, um, uh-huh. and then I'm going to go, but if like, you want to talk more about it or have questions, I mean, you can like, write them down, and I'll hop on next week, and we can discuss oh, this a little good. bit more.
1: Ooh. Yeah, but, we just have um, one discussion that just keeps going. We just break it up with a week. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so the w- biggest push that they have is world peace because they want, like, this kind of, like, no conflict or no wars and stuff. And that's what mm-hmm. they kind of instill in the education system is for kids to go towards this, you know, having no war, no no conflict, no war, because war is bad, go to peace. And um, so what they do is because they don't want any nations. They want everybody under this one globalist control. And and this is one of the biggest arguments Two things, but they're both tied. It's the first, um, first I'm going to tell you what it is. It's called UNESCO. You've probably heard oh, of Oh,
0: yes. I've sure. heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah,
3: the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. And basically there are a bunch of different departments under one head. UNESCO. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in 1940s, it was headed by Jillian um, Huxley and supposedly he was also the head of the humanist association and basically it's what they believed this new kind of religion and this is something else that alex newman was talking about where he was saying you know it's not actually new and that he he was basically had found all this information so if you want to like go in and like verify where this is found and stuff that's
1: no, I believe I, you. I, I, I already made notes for um, next week, but uh, yeah, this makes sense. Um, let's, let's get to Josie. Do you have a comment for? Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh,
3: um, and it basically the religion is that the universe is not exist. Uh, the universe is not created. That it's just existing is what they believe. And um, it actually what he was saying is uh, what he found is in Genesis chapter three. So I'm found this uh, with him, but I'm going to go over here to Genesis chapter 3 and kind of read the part that he's talking about. It okay. says, Now the serpent has more subtlety than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he, he hath said unto the woman, Ye hath God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it neither ye shall touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, and then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And that's the part he, as he was talking about. And the serpent is telling her, which is basically Satan is telling her that you won't die, and if you eat this, your eyes will be opened, you shall be as gods, knowing both good and evil. And that's kind of where they stand. They believe that um, basically Satan is good and, or Lucifer is good and liberate them from God who kept them prisoner in the garden without knowledge is, I guess, (laughs) what their stance on it.
1: No, that's fascinating, um, and, but it, yeah. it makes sense because they figure that they're their own gods and anything they do is okay and their own personal pleasure and uh, and wild uh, decadence and eccentricities, you know, from drag queens in school to everything else is fine because it, it's just knowledge. They're just exercising knowledge in their free will. But it will.
3: gets worse.
1: Uh-oh. We've well, got we to get you to stomach a little bit because uh, i got Josie here and I want to make sure we get to her. And you have to leave anyway, it sounds like. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell me the worst. But, <laughs> make my day. Go ahead. Tell me the worst yeah. part. Thanks, Brianna.
3: Yeah, this is only like one more minute. There's, there's not much left of this, but okay. Um, basically, what it goes to is they using this kind of placement is so they get they as humans get to determine what good is good and evil is for themselves. Right. And that's exactly what we're seeing now is people determining good and evil for themselves and not taking this accountability or this objectivity. And which
1: means you know,
3: basically, so they can
1: reverse it. If they can determine it for themselves, they can say what's good is evil and what's evil is good because they're the ones making the decisions
3: yes, and that's what that's what they've done, and basically, I think I may have talked about this before, I'm not sure uh, last week, but the United Nations has created this new Luciferian government. I think I was talking about this last week where I didn't know much about it,
0: mm-hmm. but
3: basically, Alice Bailey is one of these like leaders of this um of this like new religion that they had. I think she's dead though. Um, but she's, she would claim that she's in communication with these, like, Luciferian spirits and that she was the channel for these entities to help humans transcend these traditional like Christian and biblical ways and stuff because they believed it was, like, wrong and outdated. And that's kind of what they're still pushing. And this Luciferian religion, I think, is what they will be establishing as the world religion. And I think they've already started – on that worldwide religion that they'll be trying to implement in this globalized society that they're trying to create. Um,
1: that'd, be, that'd be a great the place thing to start going next week. That'd be, that'd, be huge, is, that'd be a great topic for, yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah, there's two more things real quick, and the first one is what, it, it's actually a quote from um, uh, Alex Newman, and it says, Those who believe there is no God, therefore no God-given rights, are a threat to liberty. I think that basically sums up what they're wanting, because they don't want liberty. They want control. And so this last part is um, Julian Huxley, once again, um, Mm -hmm. the one who headed UNESCO. Mm -hmm. He was also the leader of the Humanist Humanist Association, which I was telling you about, and the Eugenic Mm -hmm. Society, which is basically following along with that religion of evolution. And they believe that some races and genes are better than others, and so they can scientifically breed humans, which I may have also talked about last week. I'm not sure. but okay. where You can yeah, merge them with technology to create the new elite um, species of humans that they're wanting. Now, this all
1: ties in. In fact, the whole yeah, idea of, none, of God yeah, – that's amazing. The whole idea of, of not having God-given rights is that they tell you what your rights are. And uh, you know, and this, everything changes when uh, the people who are in charge determine what the rights are. Uh, Josie, let's get you in on this here before we go. Do you have a comment for her?
2: Yeah, I wanted to make a comment. And uh, <laughs> the Luciferian uh, Illuminati and all these people—it's been going on for a long time in, in in the world, and especially in the United States. And I believe that's why there are poison humans, which is God's creation, with uh, poison from snake and cobra in their bodies. They want to turn us uh, into whatever they want us to be, like a snake or whatever, because our DNA is being changed completely on a, on so many millions of Americans. So they have an agenda, these people, and they're all in it, and it's been going on for a long time, this plan. And they have got a lot of people uh, to give them the arm for the shot and you know it, it's sad because i see a lot of christians that were in so much fear of the this uh man the devil and uh, we only have to fear god that's what the bible calls for us to do so it's uh it's sad what's happening uh to the world but that's their mm. agenda
0: no it's not yeah. to
2: uh, like the snake back uh, in the garden of eden
1: it's interesting, That's the snake is a symbol of, of of medicine and, you know, the serpent yeah. in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Brianna, do you have a, a final comment? Then I want to get to uh, to Josie. But this has been a great report, and we'll pick it up next week. There's a lot of things to talk about, especially this Luciferian government. Uh, sounds fascinating and dangerous.
3: Yeah, Josie's right. It, it's been going on for a really long time, this plan and this agenda. But, yeah, I'm going to go now. But Okay. Um, what was you, thing that thing I was supposed to say?
0: Oh, yeah. um, just,
3: this is just government
1: sound, just, inquiry. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, no, just, I want you to sound like a real, so do like the reporter thing. Say this is Brianna Cannon for Action Radio, with the government inquiry reporter. So just make up your own. You know, have some fun with it. Okay. <laughs> this
3: Next is week. Brianna Cannon, government inquiry reporter.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Brianna. All right, here we go. Bye. Bye now. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossie knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Yeah, I think we have the smartest teenager on the radio. <laughs> this is much fun to talk to Good, Brianna, morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dobre utra. Yeah,
2: it's not... Um, I guess we might have to change it around a little bit because lately I've been bringing reports from Ukraine, not just from south of the border here. You want me to make a new
1: theme? Should I do my Ukrainian
2: accent? Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. And now we have we'll the Julesy Gozi with the, the Ukrainian report on Action Radio, direct from, and I'll get some. I'll get some Ukrainian music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, you're, utra, you're, still, you're still a
1: Latina. You can report from Ukraine as a Latina. Yeah. And now the Ukrainian-Latino yeah. report. Yeah. Okay, we well, just, you know. It's so like you just pretending yeah. you're in Ukraine oof, sometime. Oof. And now, direct from Ukraine, Josie Cosi.
2: What's and on me, Maybe we can put a little thing about uh, Speedy Gonzalez. Andale,
0: andale, andale. Arriba, arriba,
2: arriba, dale. Yeah, <if> it, <laughs> yeah well, well,
1: yeah. I wonder if I could get um... – uh, some kind of, well, it has to be to get the right music or something like that, but yeah, as long as it's not copyright I can do it. That's why I play those classical things at the end of the show, because yeah. it's, it's uh, they're not copyright anymore, because uh, they've all run out, so I can play that kind of stuff You get me a Speedy Gonzalez thing I can play on the radio You, you should come on sometime <laughs> Tell me the words, I, you know, you, you know what they actually like mean Like so, human
2: people, know. they talk so
1: fast I can hardly understand so them, why is my that?
2: own language
1: How do you talk Spanish that fast?
2: They talk in the Puerto Rican and Dominican Republic the three countries they talk so fast. Huh. But um Interesting.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Too
2: fast. So,
1: so so tell me Julesy Gossi, the Latino reporter from Ukraine. Tell me what's going on in Ukraine.
2: Yeah, from Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can do the Ukrainian yeah.
2: accent.
1: Yes, we have the Spanish Ukrainian accent. That'll sound interesting. <laughs> Go
0: for it.
2: <laughs> but uh uh, I wanted to uh, mention uh, one of my friends. Uh, she's not doing too well from the vaccine. Uh, full of blood clots in her lungs. And uh, yesterday they had to rush her to uh, to one of the local hospitals. Uh, she's been bleeding and bleeding and bleeding because you know they give her blood thinners, so <clears throat> it's making her uh, bleed hate, so much.
1: I hate blood thinners. Yeah. Blood thinners almost killed me. Remember when I was I told, I told everybody three weeks after. My my successful open-heart surgery to repair the mitral valve, which worked really well, I almost died from blood centers because my chest filled up with uh, four and a half liters of fluid. Uh, It's a good thing they didn't put me on the ventilator because they would have killed me for sure. Um, But this is before COVID, so they didn't do uh that. So, unfortunately, they just drained the fluid out, which I've never understood why with people whose chests are filling with fluid, um, they didn't know what they did for me take the fluid out. Let your lungs reinflate. Let your body take care of just, you know, they can't get all of it, but they get like 95, 98% of it. And then your body can take care of the rest. So why don't they do, why didn't they do that with the COVID people? I've never understood that. Yeah. I mean, it worked for me. I'm here. Yeah.
2: It's an agenda about this whole thing, you know, Greg, and we know it. Uh, I wish you would listen to me and I have sent videos and everything. And, uh, I have offered to guide her uh, to different doctors or, you know, to get help. Why don't they you know?
0: listen?
1: Why, let's talk about that. Why? So don't what, what's crazy? the blockage? Because what, what you're saying makes perfect know. sense. You know, I mean, you know, just to be skeptical. Why is it so hard to ask questions? Uh, is it like climate change? Is it the same fear? You can't see COVID. You can't measure it. You can't see I it coming. Think... It's, it's not like rain. It's not like a fog. You know, it's just, it's intangible. Yeah. It's a a microbe. I
2: think think what's happening, and I can see it on my friend and a lot of people that I talk to, Uh I believe what it is is we're so trained, we're brain trained since we're young to trust the doctors and the hospital. And, you know, it should be normal for you to trust your own doctor. And like I said, uh, there's a friend of mine at church. He's been seeing the same doctor for 20-something years, and he's the mm-hmm. one telling her, get the shots and get the boosters. And I said, no, you need to flee from that doctor. And she goes, but why would he do that? I said, because the money's so good. They don't mm-hmm. care about you at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and I think that's where we're at right now, that these people, she's not listening to anything I said, and two or three of my friends have reached to her and said, look, Josie can guide you and help you detox, whatever it takes, um, but he, he needs to get rid of those blood thinners right away.
0: Absolutely. He's bleeding and
2: bleeding I will never, and bleeding. I will never he take one again. Yesterday.
1: Yeah. The, no. I don't know what they're supposed to do, but they told me, I said, they put me on them uh, and I'm still like delusional <laughs> after heart surgery and they say, well, you got to take these well, like a few days later. I'm like, why? So we well, might get a stroke. Well, I didn't want a stroke. And then I asked him after a while, I said, why are you giving me these? What's the purpose here? Well, because you might have a stroke. Okay, well, how do you get a stroke? That was the next question I asked. And they said, well, from inactivity. I said, wait a minute. I'm the most active person you've ever had on this hospital ward. I'm the one up flirting with the nurses. I'm the one walking around. I'm the one passing by people in their hospital rooms, you know, who've been there, you know, days longer than me. And I'm waving at them. Come on, get up, walk around. Yeah. You know, and I said, I said, I'm the most, why would you give blood centers to the person who's the most active and therefore the least susceptible to a stroke. Well, we did this policy. And that's when I I said, okay, that's it. (laughs) You know, um, Mm -hmm. I I think I took him for a little while. afterwards, And then, uh, but then I went back actually this is when I went back the second time to the hospital and questioned it, but you have to question everything. You know, and I, I tried to do the things that made sense. I mean, the heart surgery made sense, but I got five opinions. I got five different doctors, including one at Stanford med, one of their top cardiologists. I mean, I went to the top Mm -hmm. before I did this. Uh, and they all said the same thing and it all made sense. So, okay. I, you know, that's why I consented to the yeah. surgery. And it, obviously it worked because I'm here. My heart's fine. and I could have been dead by now. They said I had, mm-hmm. you know, 20% chance of dying in the next five years from myocarditis, exactly what people are dying from with, um, with the COVID shots. So I know exactly yeah. what that could have been. Uh, Cause that's what they said. I might've had problem, you know, had a serious problem with, and it could have killed me, you know? So I, there's yeah. several chances I've been, you know, with potentially fatal things, you know, potentially fatal heart condition, uh, a, a definitely, you know, fatal chest filling up, but you've got to ask questions. You've got to, where, and where does this come from? This, yeah. this, this divine doctor thing the doctors are always right. Cause I've never had, I'll explain that in a second, but what it, do you, what, what do you think that comes from? Is it the cult of the I expert?
2: Well, I don't know. It's on agenda years and years ago, I guess, to kill us or to give us the food. Uh, uh, it's
0: just,
1: no, no, it but, it the, just but, yeah, but the fact that heart, people, you know? yeah. yeah. But people don't question the expert. Let me ask you this. Cause we remember we used to have our liberal, uh, on the show so all the time. She says, you know, Dr. Fauci is an expert. You know, do you know more than he does? Uh, I'm like, well, probably <laughs> I may not know. I may not know more than he does, but I certainly have a brain and I can look at things, you know, and they're always, but the experts, it's like the white coat syndrome. Remember that experiment where they yeah. uh, had people, uh, torturing yeah. people in the next room with electric charges. And, and the doctor oh, says, yeah. in the, "the guy in the white coat." Well, they, they didn't answer the question and right. The you've got coat. to, uh, you've got to give him another shock. And they were actually giving enough power electric shock to kill people, because the expert told them to. Yeah. So what is this cult of the expert? Where you know, at, like, at what point did you realize that you know, in Nicaragua, the government was lying to you? You know, and if they're lying well, to you, then why aren't the doctors lying to you? You know, and they're all lying
2: to you. Well, I think. I think poor people like us in my family, we never went to the doctor, so we didn't have to face the guy with a white coat, you know, mm. unless you had a little bit more money. And uh, my, my mom never went to the hospital, never, unless the child was almost dying at the end. But uh, I had about uh, six siblings dying uh, just from diarrhea or minor things because they didn't believe going in hospitals uh, when I was a young girl.
1: And that's so easy to cure too. I
2: know, it's so stupid. But the ignorance of a lot of Latino back in those days, you know, Mm -hmm. they let your children die over diarrhea or minor things. But I think the agenda of uh, killing us, it's been going on for a long time with the cancer, with schizophrenia, bipolar. All the vaccines have been spiked for 40-something years, Dr. Judy Mikovits said.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And uh, this is this is now in full force. Every innocent American with the vaccine, and now I heard that they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna start injecting uh, the cows and chickens, so everybody can be fully vaccinated, like it or not.
1: Check out the show uh, yesterday. Could, we had the uh, – and check like out our that. special investigation. Well, check out our investigate, special investigation support. Tom uh, Renz, who I actually connected with on Facebook. Hopefully I'll get him on the show one day. But he testified before the Missouri uh, State House, before Missouri State Legislature, and he's talking about this, that the manufactured, the lab-grown meat and the food processing. So if you stay away from processed food, you're okay. They're not going to just you know send needles injecting you know, oranges in the field, at least not yet. Um, but they will put uh-huh. it into the factory food, so something 's genetically modified it 's not a big step to from genetically modified food to genetically modified messenger RNA food it 's not that big uh-huh. a jump, and so that 's the problem, so that 's right. actually he testified about that happening, so you 're right on you 're absolutely right on with that. But again, the answer is as always, real food, natural food, you know fruits, vegetables, meats. Yeah. Um, some carbs, but not many, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, natural, natural bread, you know, things like that. Natural pasta. Don't get, uh, you know, st- uh, the more processed food is, the more dangerous it is. That's and it just, you know, eat natural. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, last week I had a veteran in my store, uh, this, uh, he might've been like 56 years old, uh, black mm-hmm. man. And, um, youngster yeah well he's still young he's uh he has disability because he got hurt in the military blah 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 but he says in 1999 he started working for coca-cola and he said he was working at the plant him making the coke he said since he started working in coca-cola he will never drink one more drop of coca-cola he said, you know what, put it in the Cokes. And I said, I want to know because my husband loves Cokes, you know. Hmm. He said, don't drink it. He said, what they're putting is acid, like from batteries. That's why you can, with a half of a can of a Coca-Cola, you can call out the filthiest toilet and you can make it look spotless. So he Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so, said, so let's,
1: let's analyze that a little bit. I don't think they're actually, if they're actually putting battery acid, you know, they'd be reported. that would all be in he jail. Says. So, okay, so, so, that's so, let's ask, said. let's ask why they would do that. That's like saying, you know, we're going to put chemicals on airplanes and have chemtrails. You know, why? So let's ask a why. Why would Coca Cola do that? When Coca Cola naturally, I mean, they they clean pennies with Coke. You know, you drop a penny in a in a bottle of Coke, or Coke, and the next day it's all that's shiny. Exactly. Okay, so why? But that, but they're not adding. it's th- not battery acid that's doing that. It's just the natural acid in the Coke. That's what he said. Coke. Okay, so, so all right, so. I
2: don't even know the guy. Okay,
1: so, he, <laughs> yeah. so all right, let's, let's, let's be clear, though, because, you know, we're making a permanent record here of our podcast.
0: That's what to he me he said.
1: Okay, so, all right, so, so we'll, we'll take it to face value. That's what he said. Now, did he say that Coke acts like battery acid, or did he say they're actually adding battery acid into Coke? Let's, let's make that real clear, because there's a difference.
2: He said he was making Coke. He worked in the plant. And he said they put acid. I said, What kind of acid? He says battery acid. That's what we put in the ingredients to make coke. That's why since nineteen
4: ninety
0: nine I yeah.
2: have not had one coke product at all. Okay. Including yeah, spread, Battery acid is
4: else. sulfuric acid. <laughs> You so how'd that, would that get
1: you? it? I didn't know that. They, don't, know. Okay. they
4: don't use no battery acid. They, you know what they use? Coke. Coke has been used to clean off the battery terminals or automobile batteries. People pour it on there, and it does foam up, and uh, they use. And also, you can use to clean your windshield too. <laughs> so, there. so what's
1: in the what's in the the syrup? Is it is it is there a sulfur compound in the syrup that that, that allows this secret, to happen?
4: It's a secret. Uh,
1: it's a secret ingredient in the menu. Yeah, but anybody can or take remember. it to a private lab and get it get a spectro analysis of it. I mean, it's not that hard to do. They can't release it. Yeah, but, it's, it's, it's private, but they can find out what's in it. So let, let's assume sulfur yeah, compounds. But, so you got carbonation, right? You've got carbon dioxide. You've got carbonated. Uh, things in there. So, you've got uh, oxygen. So, you've got sulfuric acid is H2SO4. So, H2O uh, plus SO4. So, H2O, you've got water. The primary ingredient in soda is water. So, that's where the H2O comes from. SO4, the sulfur, there's sulfide compounds in all kinds of food. So, there's got to be a high concentration of sulfur something in Coca-Cola that mixes with the carbonated, with the, the, the carbon dioxide that forms uh, an acidic compound. That would make sense. I'll, I'll buy that. But the, the fact that they, that they buy battery acid on the open market and put it in Coke? No. They, they'd all be in jail. That, I think that's, that's wrong. Jesse, what do you think?
2: So, so the poison of King Cobra that they got in the vaccine and got it in everybody's arm, do you think that everybody should be in jail?
1: Oh, everybody! Bang well, let's 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 see where bang the liability bang. is. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. No, been it, 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 look, look, yeah, I, actually, I do think they should be in jail. I think that uh, of any, course. So anybody that uh, that gave uh, a jab and didn't know it was in it, that would include all the pharmacists. Okay, uh, uh, of course, all the big pharma, especially Pfizer. Pretty much anybody that worked for Pfizer that had any connection uh, with the production, uh, marketing, distribution of their non-vaccine vaccine. You know, there's a potential liability there. Now, the problem is that the law doesn't give them any liability. So you cannot establish liability until the law passes, which is going to get into my topic the next hour, that we're complaining too much and not acting. So our vaccine bill is two years old. Had that Mm -hmm. bill passed two years ago, everything that happened since. So this would have been March. I wrote it March 31st, 2021. So Mm -hmm. the jab had only been out since December. Think about that. It got to Capitol Hill in December. All right, so let's do a timeline. So December, mid-December, Nancy Pelosi brings the jab to Capitol Hill. Guess who got it? Brian Sitnick, you know, Capitol Hill police officer. Now they've never confirmed it, but I pretty much guarantee he got the jab. Why else would he drop dead of a stroke <laughs> three, weeks, three weeks later? Perfectly healthy forty-year-old oh, yeah. man. Okay. So let's assume that uh, there's a really good possibility Brian Sittnic got the jab. Capitol Hill Police got the jab. Uh, and, uh, and then it came out. So then he had January 6th. Then he had January 20th. Brandon gets put in the White House illegally. Uh, and then two months later, January, February, March, two months later, I'm already writing. And uh, then, of course, then he brings out the mandates, right? You know, Brandon brings out the mandates pretty quickly. Yeah. And so, but within, within two months of him, you know, occupying the White House, we already had a bill for full vaccine product liability. That's how fast we reacted mm-hmm. to this. And yet nothing's happened with it. Yeah. I don't get it. It's
2: a shame. Yeah. But Greg, um, uh-huh. this killing of innocent America, it's been going on for a long time with a lot of things. Uh, GMO modified food, mm-hmm. uh, injecting our chickens with hormones so they can be huge. You buy a, Uh, a chicken breast or a chicken leg it looks like a freaking turkey leg doesn't look like a chicken sometimes and uh, this has been going on in every aspect uh, of our daily life eating in america Uh, when i was in cuba i can tell the difference even when i went to the bathroom uh, eating the food over there that it's not modified like here so everything everything that they're doing and and i'm not surprised what that that man told me about the acid of course they're going to put a tiny percentage of it you know they're not going to put a lot to kill you right when you drink one coca-cola you know so it's been going on for a long time with so so many different things our water i i truly believe that our water from our faucet or bottle water it's what's making everybody get hip replacement, knee replacement, shoulder replacement. It's it's attacking the big, big mu- joints, big muscles in your body. And I believe that's been going on for a, for years now. And uh, we have never so what's seen what's in it. what's in the water like that's it? doing
1: it? What's in the bottled water that's doing it? I don't know. It? Is, it, is it just because I, they're I really in plastic? don't know, but- so, have you seen a correlation between? No, I don't between... think it's just
2: the plastic. I think it's the chemicals because you know I was uh-huh. buying some of the water at the local market there, and it, it was the big, big twenty-four packs for four bucks or whatever. Right. And uh, I noticed when I opened it, it smells almost like kerosene, and I'm like, honey, <laughs> something is wrong here. This
0: that could is be the plastic good. packaging.
2: This is not yeah, good at all. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm not sure. It could be the plastic packaging because that, that's 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 a a petroleum but product. But some of
2: them smell and some mm-hmm. don't. Some oh. do, some don't.
0: That's so interesting. We're
2: not, and it is the odor is so strong, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you have anything else uh, to ask me or whatever, but I wanted to get into my Ukrainian thing here.
1: Well, I am to ask you, but let's save it for your report first, see how much time we have after you're, after you're done. I'd rather hear your stuff first.
2: Okay. Uh, I was watching different uh, uh, platforms uh, within the last couple days, few days, uh, with different uh, interviews from different military. And Ukraine, the U.S. push for the destruction and death using Ukraine as a proxy the entire time. You know? The goal is to collapse Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So that NATO will use the land to fight Russia. And uh that's bottom line uh what's been going on. And uh, right now George Soros, Vanguard, BlackRock now on most of the land in the Ukraine. I did not know that. <clears throat> you know, and the Pentagon has been running the 46 bioweapon labs in the Ukraine, which now they're admitting it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And before they were kind of like denying and and dance around that question when they were asked. And they say, oh, they just, they just uh, labs, But they are bioweapons. There were four in Kiev. And uh, I was talking to one of my Ukrainian friends when one of the explosion was going on and we had to hang up. And she threw herself on the floor with the phone screaming. Wow. Uh, so, so, yeah, the U.S. used to roll out the digital tracking system that now is, is uh, trackable by our U.S. government. And, you know, Microsoft runs all Ukraine government servers. So bottom line is, the u.s owns ukraine right now and that's Mm -hmm. why these people are desperate these people are want to send all our money to the ukraine they want to pay a lot of ukrainians for retirement so everything is about ukraine because they've been using ukraine to fight russia because ukraine is what started the war in the ukraine you know, not Well, we Russia. started the war. Russia, we,
1: well, uh, Russia invaded, but, yeah, uh, but we set the States. conditions for it. Yeah, we set the conditions. Remember yeah. when Dr. Peter Pry talked about it? He said, look, the easy way out of this um, is that yeah. uh, you don't recognize Ukraine. You don't make them part of NATO. You, you just leave Eastern Europe alone. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, our, my answer was we should have pulled out of NATO. Um, apparently, it's, uh, we've got a couple of websites here on live chat. Um, Marco in the Netherlands has one on phosphoric acid is, is in Coca-Cola. That's just a, mm-hmm. just a follow up on that. But so, uh, so let's, let's ask the question. So what is it about the Ukraine? What uh, um, I got a couple of theories, one that we always have to be at war somewhere. That's what the permanent war class wants. John Bolton wanted us to mm-hmm. war with Venezuela. Uh, he wants us at war in Syria. Now we've, we've had Iranians, you know, use drone technology that uh, they mm-hmm. got from our yeah. drone, <laughs> of course. Right. Uh, they're blowing up Americans. They blew up a, what they call a contractor, what I would call a mercenary. You know, so an American mercenary, mm-hmm. you know, pay a, a soldier paid for money, soldier of fortune, right? Uh, got, gets killed over in, in uh, Syria where we should not be. That Trump tried to pull us out, and now they're trying. Now Rand Paul finally is trying to get rid of the to ch- change the uh, the authorized use of military force, the AUMF doctrine. But my question is, what is is Ukraine just the the, the successor to? You know, our, our series of wars from Iraq to Afghanistan uh, to Ukraine, is this just that we have to be at war somewhere so the permanent war class, the military industrial complex is happy? Is that just the, 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 the next step after after the surrender in Afghanistan? What
4: do you think?
2: Wait. Well, go ahead, Bianchi. You, haven't talked. Yeah, you
4: know, you, Ukraine, the, wasn't it Yanatovich that was overthrown in Ukraine? Uh-huh. Uh, around by Obama. who, yeah, he was recently elected
1: uh, and who overthrew there are him? Any
4: Obama, ministers. Obama.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's an Obama coup. And apparently, Obama uh, is funding. Well, they we say U.S. government, but it's really Obama is funding the opposition yeah. in Israel to their judicial reforms and to Netanyahu because mm-hmm. Obama hates <laughs> Israel and certainly hates Netanyahu, yeah. So he's, he's got his, Mm -hmm. his hands in all kinds of really horrible things, but that's pretty typical for him. So, you know, that's why he was a terrible president.
2: So so basically Mm -hmm. our government has played Zelensky in office. He's a Mm -hmm. puppet. I think he's a lover of Obama, actually, uh, as a stripper. Uh, (laughs) so this is, this has been planned. This has been well organized, uh, I know Putin is not a little little angel, but Putin has been complaining for years. And Putin is afraid about all those bioweapon labs because mm-hmm. some of them are so close. And uh, and the torturing of innocent Ukraine, it's been going on for a long time by Zelensky now. And Russia has rescued so many families, so many. And uh, also... Uh, Russia rescued over forty thousand children from underground uh, child trafficking that they, they had in some of those labs, uh, experimenting different things, you know. And mm-hmm. now they've been accused, and Putin that he's uh that he has kidnapped so many Ukrainian children, and you know a lot of the children are Russian actually, and American children. There's children from all over the world that Putin has rescued uh, for safety. Uh, I was listening to a video and I understand some of the Ukrainian that they were saying uh, uh, about so many people happy that Putin has rescued so many families from being tortured by Zelensky's uh, regiment in his country by neo-Nazis and, and regular military Ukrainians. And, uh, and of course, like my girlfriend, her husband is a young military husband. And uh, Mm -hmm. he comes home and visits for a little bit, and then they have to go back. But I can believe they're still alive because uh, they're not giving them new uniforms. They're not giving them blankets. and So the people have to give them all the stuff that they need. And she was asking for donation. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not giving donations to military at the time. If it was for food for you and your children, which I have been sending her money, Mm -hmm. I will do that. But I'm not supporting any Ukrainian military ever, ever, because they are being sent to murder, torture, rape, send Ukrainians, and then point the finger at Putin, and Putin is not doing that at all. Instead, they've been crucifying some of the Russian young men, horrible, that I have videos to prove it. But I I will not show that to a regular human being because it is horrible what they've been doing. But, uh, well, they've <coughs> got a history of, uh,
1: been... you look at the World War II history, this has been horrible, the things that have happened. I mean, some real atrocities, including the Holocaust, you know, as pressure from Ukraine. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, how much of, of Ukraine favors, uh, Russia either taking, uh, all or part of Ukraine and, and which parts? Because we know we've got the, the southeast region, the Dundas. <laughs> uh, they already took Crimea, which traditionally was part of Russia anyway. In fact, Ukraine was traditionally part of Russia. So it's not like they're, they're yeah. going after something they haven't had before. You'd be like losing Alaska yeah. to Russia and wanting it back, or it like Russia wanting Alaska back. Well, they can't have it, but mm-hmm. it was Russian at one mm-hmm. point. Okay? It was their territory. We bought it fair and square. But uh, how much yeah. of Ukraine, uh, especially the, the the half that's west of the, the Dnieper River, you know, where Kiev is, uh, that's, that's Russian uh, ethnicity anyway, how much of the population uh, is kind of secretly hoping – um, that uh, that Russia either claims part of it or controls it or beats the, the Ukrainian government
2: in this well, war. Well, the small little villages closer to Crimea are begging Russia to take over because he has rescued so many families near Crimea and those mm. areas from being tortured, literally, by uh, by Ukraine. And I don't know how many small villages we call them villages over there, uh,
0: uh-huh.
2: will, uh, we'll, uh, you know, will change. But um, I truly believe when Donald Trump returns, Ukraine will go back to the people and all the billions that we have spent in our past over there throughout maybe 40 years or more, building all those bioweapon labs, child trafficking, adrenochrome, uh, all the drug trafficking, money laundering uh, with our corrupt government. It's going to mm-hmm. stop, and this is going to be worldwide. And I know, uh, you, you know, my, my thing is that, that it's going to be a worldwide uh, takeover uh, to help all these countries. Uh, there's a lot of people praying in Colombia, in Chile, with different people I've been praying with. The, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to happen at one time here and all over the world because some of these countries are on board with donald trump but the countries not on board they're going to be left behind so that's what well we, you've got uh, we think that is happening
1: yeah you got from what brianna was talking about with the world government this is going to be countries that want the world government because they're going to get money and then be countries that don't want the world government like us well the population doesn't want the world government but the elites do so it's going to be an interesting fight um I'm just. I'm just. Does Does Ukraine have an active uh, secret police force like the Gestapo, like the Stasi, you know, like our FBI now? Uh, things like that. Uh, do they have like murder assassination squads? Do they have all all the worst of uh, of totalitarian things? I I don't know what it, I, I don't know a name for like a Ukrainian secret police force. Well, they,
2: like the they got their secret neo Nazis in, in in Ukraine, and it's been going but on. Do for do they, a they long have? Time.
1: But do they have an organized like uh, SAVAK, you know, the Iranian secret police or uh, uh, who is the Stasi was, uh, I think, East German. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Gestapo Mm -hmm. was Nazi German. So so uh, Russia had the KGB, you know, China has whatever the Mm -hmm. the entire Communist Party. Um, But does Ukraine have a recognizable um, secret police government? Arm that we would we would know about or be able to investigate, you know, because you talk about the atrocities and the crucifixions and things like that. Is mm-hmm. that organized through the oh, government yeah. or is that just being done by the soldiers? You know, but is there an organized government agency that actually does that, like the Gestapo tortured and killed, or like the uh, you know the death camps? You know, the Holocaust. Uh, what does Ukraine have in terms of that?
2: Well, what I understand is uh, Ukraine has the regular police and they have their regular military but they also have the neo Nazis uh behind the scene and a lot of people they blend in with the military actually. Mm-hmm. That's what they've been doing. Uh but once like I said, once the takeover uh worldwide, uh Ukraine is gonna be free again and uh like I said, Trump is behind cleaning Ukraine. Because this corrupt government of ours, including the Pentagon the State Department, they've been all in it for okay. years. Uh, the corruption is so deep. Our uh, military been coming home in coffins, and the boxes are full of diamonds from the Congo, uh, hmm. with drugs, money. Do you I have mean, pictures? You name it. Do
1: you have uh, Do you have pictures of open Do you have pictures of open coffins with diamonds and stuff in them?
2: No. Do we have the, any photo records of it? Open, oh, okay. okay, I just want
1: to check. And, you know, my ex-husband
2: um, told me mm-hmm. stuff like that a long time ago, and I didn't believe him because I wasn't very involved. I didn't care. Right. And I'm like, man, I remember he was he was uh, CIA, my ex-husband, and mm-hmm. uh, he, he knew a lot. He knew
1: a lot. Let me tell you, he had an office in the Capitol. Oh no! Listen, uh, I'm, I, so. I I watched the film with Denzel Washington and Russell Crow about the, the 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 drug dealer in the in, in Harlem. You know, I think it was back in the '70s. Mm-hmm. Um, that was bringing mm-hmm. uh, cocaine directly from no heroin, uh, directly from the heroin. Golden Triangle, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos, mm-hmm. where they where they grow uh, all the opium poppies. Yeah. And he he went directly to the source and brought it on U.S. military aircraft
0: mm-hmm. in
1: mm-hmm. Uh, in Congress. Yeah. So that's uh, I know that happens. But, again, you know me. I like to have a, a record, and I like to have some kind of evidence yeah, and sources yeah. on that. Uh, but that's, I think that's I'll, just responsible, the show not. So let's ask, let me ask another question. So if there, the reason I asked about uh, uh, a Ukrainian secret police agency that's right. committing atrocities is because – you remember the Boland Amendment? I covered this on the, the show, I guess, two or three weeks ago. This is where the Democrats, and I think rightly so, they're right on this. They made this Boland Amendment. And it was Bolin was a congressman from Massachusetts. And he said, OK, we're going to give you a budget, but you can't spend money on the Contras. OK, so every authorization bill that went through had a Bolin Amendment. You know, here's your bill for health mm-hmm. and human services. Here's your education. Author- here's your appropriation for this. But you can't spend money on the Contras. In other words, you can't transfer money um, from the, the, the EPA budget to the Contras because they would do that. Obama was famous mm-hmm. for taking uh, money from one department and then funding his pet communist causes. Yeah. Um, so. So if there were an organized Ukrainian secret police, you know, Holocaust uh, force, torturing force, killing force, things like that, then Congress could say we're going to give money to Ukraine, but it can't go to this agency. You know, they could have like a Bolin amendment for that. But if the if the atrocities are just being done by the regular army, you know, so there's not an organized identifiable uh security state force like the like the KGB and, and uh, the Gestapo, then it's harder to do because they're masking the money. So in other words, they're taking money for the infantry and sending it to the death squads. Because, but they're not identifying the death squads because they don't have an organized government entity. That's why I'm asking the question.
2: I don't know. I'm not okay. sure about that. Uh, yeah, I have to find, I have to investigate, I guess, about that. Mm-hmm. But all I know is this corrupt government, including Republicans, too, not just Democrats. They've been in it for years, sending money to different countries. And a lot of the millions come right back into their hands. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: that's what's happening to Ukraine. uh, Because I asked my friends in Ukraine, are you guys getting any help? They said, nope zero help, no money. We mm-hmm. haven't seen any dollars, no money, no help at all from uh, the United States. So that's why Biden made that trip to uh, San Croix Island to divide all the money they came back, the 60 billions with a bid that we sent to Ukraine. They pay off the neo-Nazis and they pay Zelensky. Zelensky's got billions of dollars to throw with his leaders there. So they're having a, a blast, a good time. And all the money came right back to the hands of the criminals running our country, which is Obama and his puppets. Um, That's what's been going on.
1: And it's been going on for years
2: and years and years.
1: Oh, no, I I know that. But let me ask you a couple of questions. There's two things I want to talk about before you go. One is Trump's speech, and the other is this trip by, uh, you know, VP uh, in residence, (laughs) you know, uh, Kamala Harris. You know who's attempting to be African American Indian Jamaican, illegal alien, whatever she is, but she's in Africa right now, so my question is, do you if any sources come up with what she's really doing there? And I ask Pianke the same question what's she really doing there you know and because and the reason I'm suspicious is the only African real African uh, that's in the White House press corps uh, is not allowed to ask a question so how come yeah. Uh, the, the, the person occupying the vice president's office can go to Africa and the only genuine African in the white house press corps can't ask about it. So what's she really doing there? Cause we know San Croix Island with, with money laundering. So what's she, so why did she go to Singapore? I mean, obviously we don't have, you know, relationship problems with Singapore, you know, but, uh, and why, why is she in Ghana? Why is she uh, touring Africa? What's, what's the, what's the, what policies are we advancing? Or are they just getting rid of her I for don't long? know.
2: She's trying to <laughs> yeah. get more money away, probably, or spend money. But, yeah, I never liked we Kamala. We fake. spent She's fake. She's fake. Uh, like I said, Obama's running the show. Obama's allowing all the uh, – and, you know, you don't hear anymore talking about the Muslim Brotherhood anymore. Have you noticed that? Cause they're, yeah, they're, no, they're I, I haven't actually, but you're House right. With Obama. yeah. Well, he don't doesn't
1: don't need them anymore <laughs> unless he is the Muslim no. Brotherhood. Yeah, got, well, let's say, uh, go ahead, Piaki. Uh, what's what, why is she? is based on? on skin color. That's it. But why skin color? But why is she? Well, I know I know why she was selected. No, she was selected because she's mm. the only person who was worse than Joe Biden. So they wouldn't want to get rid of oh, Joe Biden yeah. and actually get a decent vice president. If you had a decent Democrat, I mean, you have to look hard. But if you could find somebody like a moderate, de- well, say, yeah. say Joe Manchin. Let's just say, for example, Joe Manchin was uh was joe biden's running mate and he was vice president do you think uh anybody would have any hesitation about removing joe biden and putting joe manchin in even though he's a democrat i don't think so <laughs>
2: yeah I, you
1: know, I think it would have been switched uh, out you know day two well let mm-hmm. me ask you about trump's speech then tell me what you, did you see the speech yeah. and have you heard the rep so what, what did you think about that and why was it in wake up well i um <laughs>
2: uh... I don't know why he go. maybe because of the 30 year uh, of the killing of innocent Americans by our CIA, FBI, and at the time Bill Clinton as a president. Mm-hmm. Uh, but President Trump was really, really tearing Ron DeSantis down (laughs) like Well Ron DeSantis
1: isn't a threat. He's not even running, he's not declared. Uh he's who the deep state would love to run because they think these he's the only person that can actually Uh beat Donald Trump, which of course is 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 just wishful thinking. What about Mike Pence? Mike Pence, you know, screwed over Donald Trump in the country. I mean he's he's the one who's due the nomination. Do you think he did it
2: for nothing? You're going to find out later that he's part of the plan. Mike Pence, Jeff Sessions is part of the plan. A lot of these people are part of the plan. It's supposed to happen like that to to catch all these people in the act. And now uh, President Trump, he's been uh, talking so bad about Ron Sante, but don't believe everything that you hear from him saying about Donald Trump. It's a trap. It's a Trump. Mm-hmm. We were told uh, President Trump is close, very close with Ron actually. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure they're, they're best so friends. I think I think the whole thing's is an act. So but like
2: here's,
1: but yeah. here's what's interesting. Yeah. Here's what's interesting to me. This is what I want you to, This is what I'm curious about your reaction to. Trump talked about he knows who the good people are in Washington. He knows who the bad people are. Mm-hmm. He knows who the American mm-hmm. First firsters. I think he already has his cabinet. I think this is an amazing situation. I think a lot of things were revealed in that speech that if you listen to it, and of course, most people, the, the Trump haters didn't hear a so, thing, but, uh, but and mm-hmm. the Trump lawyers are like, oh, this is great. Yeah, he sounds great. But if you really start listening, I mean, the, people always tell you what they're going to do because they can't help it because they, be, they, they want you to be impressed. So what Trump was saying was he knows who the good people are. I think he's already formed his cabinet. I think he's working his way down. I think he already has the executive orders ready to go to reverse everything did. Brandon did. I think, I think he's actually mm-hmm. taken the first two years to figure out everything that went wrong, and that process is over. Now, he's basically running unopposed in the primaries. Nobody's going to be able to challenge him in the primaries, which means he gets a two-year. He had a two years of evaluation of what went wrong. You notice he's not talking about mm-hmm. how wonderful warp speed is. And the only thing he said on the jabs was that if any college mandates a vaccine, which is a non-vaccine, or a mask, they're not getting any money. That's the only thing he said about uh, COVID. Yeah. I found that fascinating. Okay. He said he's got his cabinet basically ready to go. In fact, I think he's got most of the government ready to go. He's got all the executive orders to reverse everything Brandon did. In fact, he might have an executive order—the the, the one that says the following executive orders are reversed. He could reverse all the executive orders of Brandon with one executive order and do it five minutes after he takes the oath. He could do it walking down Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue. Yep, here's the executive order. <laughs> Donald J. Trump.
2: And uh, you yeah. know. And if you if you notice that a lot of people were talking about, he never said he was—he uh, was running for president. You know, well, the for 2024.
1: 20 but, but he think said about, he was running
2: ask. for president, but he never said for 2024.
1: No, never. I think he's running in 2028. 20, but uh, I used to think he'd be a good person. Now I want to see somebody else. I just don't know who yet. But do you, but I why, here's, who do you think?
2: It's really going to happen, but that's my thing, me. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: he's going to come back and just run his four years that they stole and then get elected again. That's what's gonna happen, I okay. believe. Do you think and Matt Gates wants to be president? Chose, he already chose his vice president from last year actually. Who is it? And I know and I know you're gonna say it's crazy and I think it's crazy too, but the vice president for Donald Trump will be J F. K. Junior. And J F. K. Junior was uh in Mont Rush last year, uh before the 4th of July uh, with David Stray, uh Don Jr., and Gene Ho, which is, Trump, it was John's photographer. And yeah, I re- you're right. I think one that's one. crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's going to
2: happen. It is. Yeah. But
0: yeah. That's, okay.
2: that's what we were told. So he already chose his vice president, JFK Jr. He already created all the money that we're going to be circulating soon. It's in mm-hmm. Texas, ready to go. And he'll be back uh to take over the country uh he's going to make America better than what it was before because oh, I think gonna he's going to make it better so well. but
1: he, he's not going to do it with JFK junior first of all JFK junior if he were alive which I don't think he is but even if if he were he'd he be is. a democrat why now what about RFK junior how he's about not. robert francis he's how not. about how about uh, what if the democrats run robert francis kennedy junior who is alive who runs children's health defense who is very who's supremely anti-vax but he's still a democrat But uh, he's probably the best Democrat out there, as far as Democrats go. What if he runs against Trump? I believe
2: a lot of the candidates have turned their back to the Democrat Party. Okay. Yeah. Because of what they have seen, and they want to honor his father's name and not with this corrupt system that we've been going through uh, for years and years. This system has been so corrupt, and we do not know. But I believe the intelligent military has well organized step-by-step step what's going to happen to America, and they're allowing it. We're in World War III, and in war, people die, and that's why we have all these people dying. And when I was at the event in Nashville, the doctors were saying uh, towards the end of this year, there's going to be so much death. that is it's, it's, well, you see it. You see it on the news every be,
1: day. Every day on the news, you read about some young person who died, uh, some, in fact, some days you read about several young people who have died.
2: Yeah.
1: And they no, say but natural causes. Year, uh, that, yeah. right,
2: now, right now, you see, oh, so-and-so had a stroke, oh, so-and-so had a heart attack, oh, so-and-so had a kidney failure, oh, 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 pneumonia, oh, take it to the hospital. But this right. is going to be boom, 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 so many collapsing and dying. And right now, I forgot which area in Europe, somebody was reporting that there's so much death in Europe. I think it's in in England, that they're putting the bodies, because they don't have room in the hospital, they're putting bodies in people's garage right now. Yeah, I don't believe it. I think it's in England.
1: Yeah, I don't believe that. But that's what I
2: heard somebody reporting. Oh, that's fine. No, I don't
1: mind. Listen, believe me, I I love hearing what you hear, but, uh, you know, it always goes through my logic and reason filter. Why would they do that?
2: Well, I didn't Um, say I, I seen it. I said I heard you yeah, know. yeah.
1: So, See now, th- remember, England's I've a country many. that went through World War Two. They lost hundreds of thousands of soldiers,
2: yeah. and I don't
1: think they ended up in garages. So why would you do that now for the for the vaccine? When you know, obviously, wartime was killing a lot more people. Uh, now, overall, in the, in the in the long term, you know, England might lose as many people. Um, to to COVID shots as they did in World War Two, but World War Two was over from 1939 to 1945 for Britain, so they were in it basically six years. Poland was invaded in 39, that's when the war really started. For Europe, started in, in Asia in 37, you know, when Japan invaded China. Um, but uh, that makes sense. Uh, that the, uh, no, I don't, I don't I don't see that. But what I do see though is well, the, a massive problem
2: well, the vaccine, of people the vaccine who's t- going to kill half of the world. Period.
1: But who's taking it, it now? Most people most people aren't taking it. The the booster rate in the United States is what 16%. They already
2: did. They already did. At least well, they 75% took the first shot. of our military have taken the shots.
1: Okay, they've taken the yep. shots, but how many They're people dying. have taken the booster? I know that. We just I just saw a special with uh, David Trombley and uh, uh, Tom Stewart, both of whom are veterans, both of whom have been on our show and they were on a uh, recent One American mm-hmm. News show. So how much of but how much of the population has taken the booster? I think it's only about 16%. Most people are not Quite taking the shots anymore, and they're not giving their kids the shots because they don't believe in them anymore.
2: They're taking the flu shot, Greg, right? and the flu well, shot if... spiked with AIDS. Yeah. Well, There's going to well, be a, right. an epidemic in America like you've never seen before. It's coming. You know,
1: I asked that. I asked, oh, yeah. Remember, have you seen my post on Facebook? I said, why, so many, uh, why are there so many AIDS ads on TV for AIDS testing? And then I said, oh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: HIV is in the jab. Judy Mikovits told us that that there's AIDS what? uh in in the messenger RNA in the in the non vaccine vaccine jab. Uh, now it's in the flu now it's, it's in the flu the, shot. Do you remember the that brain, they're
2: brainwashing you. They're brainwashing you. They're putting it in your head that AIDS is about to come. See? These people they write in your face and we're like sleeping. Most people are sleeping. They don't get it. You know?
1: No, I know but this but what's AIDS interesting AIDS about the ad? but what the ad says is mm-hmm. that you can have sex with people and not worry about catching AIDS. If you take this drug, that was yeah, fascinating. In other words, they what they're saying is, now wait, wait, let's get the motivations. Why would the government put out an ad? And I'm sure it's a government ad uh, that says that we, you know, making AIDS testing at this particular time, this is only about in the last couple months, this is new.
0: Uh-huh. So there's
1: an ad out now with minority people involved. Uh, You know, so it's it's diverse. Right. Um, But they talk about AIDS Mm -hmm. testing. And then it says that in the end of the ad, it talks about having sex with people and not worrying about it because you can't catch AIDS. If you take this drug and then you get tested regularly. I find that fascinating. Are they trying to spread AIDS again? (laughs) You know, that's what it sounds like because the effort, when, when they said before that, with the, remember the fear before AIDS was primarily transmitted, uh, through gay men and intravenous drug users, Those were the two yeah. communities most affected, right? Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So what yeah. they
1: said, AIDS can get to everybody, which wasn't true. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you, didn't, if you didn't have unprotected or, or gay sex and you didn't take intravenous needles into your arm, you know, you had a really, really good chance of, of not catching AIDS unless something bizarre happened somewhere along the way. Uh, I don't even know, you know, blood transfusion, things like that. So it, AIDS was really easily avoided by just avoiding a couple of different things. But, yeah, they try to convince you otherwise. Now, what's, what's, what are they trying to convince themselves now and why? So You know me. I always I want to ask why. Why now? Well, why are the AIDS ads out now? Why do why they, they say everybody should get tested like it's a normal thing? People don't have to get tested for AIDS because... unless you're in a high-risk group. And you're not in a high-risk group unless you're, you know, you're a practicing gay man uh, with multiple partners and you're taking drugs with a needle. Otherwise, you really don't have to worry about because... it. Right,
2: because the HIV virus is being injected in your system through boosters and flu shots. That's what's going on.
0: Exactly,
2: exactly. So they're trying to brainwash you like, oh, you can have sex with a partner. You're not going to get AIDS. And then they're going to say, oh, I guess we made a mistake. You did get AIDS from having sex with a partner. No, it was injected in your arm because you asked Mm -hmm. for it. That's what's happening right now.
1: But what's interesting is the ads aren't saying... But the ads aren't saying if you've had a recent booster shot, get tested for AIDS. They're not saying that because they can't, <laughs> right?
0: They're not but so
1: we should make a commercial <laughs> like that. In fact, I just—I don't know if you've seen it yeah. yet, but uh, I put it in your messenger. Did you see my my Brandon speech with the Russian national anthem in the background.
2: I have to go check it out. It's, in your yeah, it's
1: pretty. It's pretty funny. Pianco. And I was yeah. debating with it, Then I just said what I usually say. Ah, what the hell? What are they going to do to me now?
2: You what know,
1: the heck? No, so I and I framed it, but I said the Biden enhanced speech. So so YouTube, unless they're really sharp. In fact, they approved it. They said, "Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Thanks, YouTube. I Appreciate know. it." <laughs> anyway, so I want but, uh,
2: the, so I to tell I want to tell huh? all the audience before I get off the phone here. I have to go sure. earn my living. Right. Please do not take one more shot ever again in your life. No shot for your little newborns or little kids ever again, ever. They've all been spiked for the last 40, 50 years, and we did not know about it. That's why mm-hmm. your children have, autism, schizophrenia, cancer, death syndrome, bipolar, all this type of sickness, kidney failure. All this sickness comes from the vaccines that they give you right after you are born, and they force you to have it. Or if not, they'll come and take your children here in this country. So not another vaccine ever. That's how you're going to save your family. And I got to go. <laughs> Greg, no, I appreciate
1: it. Listen, it's been a great report. Uh, this has been fun. Um, but I'm going to do i I'm going to show on. Uh, I need to show on early treatments for diseases that they're supposedly trying yeah. to prevent with vaccines. Yes. Yeah. Well, Thanks, God Sharpie.
2: bless and uh, hasta la vista, amigo. So.
0: Hasta la vista, at,
2: baby. Andale, andale. You I can, I can reach me, me at Ruth Uniform Shop. Ruth Uniform Shop on Allen Road in Pensacola. Website, phone That's number, anything deal. you want
1: to give? Website, phone number, Facebook page? 850-478-7756. Uh, eight, eight,
2: eight, seven, 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 and uh, we do very well there. We're we're the information center. If you want to come and tell us what's going on at your hospital, your nursing home, come and tell us. And we can share yeah, it on, on Action Radio. Pretty
0: <laughs> exactly. pretty getting
1: get it up on the radio, but we can do it anonymously. <laughs> Thank you, Josie. Uh, <laughs> this is so much fun. God bless. Yes, your conduit yeah. of information, your secret uh, uh, it's point, so let me give you a round of applause.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Joseph.
1: All right. Bye. Take care. Bye now. Oh, boy. Is this the only things we do here? <laughs> but, I mean, we take deadly serious topics and, and then still have fun because otherwise you'd go crazy. Um, I said this before, uh, that uh, the, 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 you know, the, the world government people aren't that smart because what they've done is they've created a, uh, a dangerous jab. Uh, that's killing people uh, and injuring them and crippling them and everything else. But what it's doing is it's it's killing and crippling the compliant, uh, the ones that favor the big government, the ones that uh, you know believe in the jab and believe in the experts. Those of us skeptical, rabble rousing rebels, resistors, We're the ones not taking it. So they're actually eliminating their supporters. <laughs> you know, it, it's like uh, tobacco. You know, they they uh, cigarettes kill the people who actually supported smoking cigarettes. They died of lung cancer, you know, a lot of them, most of them. I don't know how many. But the thing is that the same people that are pushing the jab, the people that are taking it, are the the least, you know, individualistic, uh, believing in individual rights people out there. They're the compliant. They're the audience for big pharma. (laughs) They're the ones who are listening to big pharma. And they're the ones who are dying. And it's really, it's really crazy. So if they were that smart, they would have tried to find a way to affect the resistors and not the compliant ones. Anyway, I'm gonna take a break. Pianky, do you have a comment before I take a break?
4: No, I'll take a break.
1: <laughs> okay. It is 9 06 uh, in the AM here, Central Time, on the Gulf Coast of Florida in Milton near Pensacola, uh, with the world's most beautiful beaches. And I'm gonna take a little uh I'm going to do a couple things here and let's let's, let's play my, my Brandon thing and then we'll get into something else. Joe Biden's dark winter. No freedom, no liberty. No guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Yeah, I'm actually going to have the title of the show uh, material in the third hour here, so stand by for that. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements, and we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener, and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Pengliss for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. You can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Well, that sounds impressive. I should listen to (laughs) show. Actually, I do. Um, Here and there, selectively, depending on what's going on, but there's so much because I hear it live the first time, it's it's a little different. Okay, we got a problem. Uh, We have a problem with uh, this country right now, with conservatives, with activists, um, with uh, all kinds of folks. They are, what I call, and I've said this before on the show, raising complaining to an art form uh, when we need action. And that's the title of the show today, raising complaining to an art form when we need action. And this is the hour when I want to deal with this. And so it is my continual fascination that people send me endless videos of other people doing shows, especially shows that I've already done like two years ago. Uh, I don't need those. You know, they'll send me shows. you got to check this information. As, and, and Awesome. Is this information you already know? Well, yeah. Yeah, but it's really good. Okay. Is it information that, uh, that solves the problem? No, it's just information. Okay. So then why do I care? Why, why do I need to know things that I already know? Why do I need to have reinforced in my, in my brain something, somebody else saying something that I've already said or already covered or already talked about years ago uh, when the real what we need now more than anything else is action? So for everybody that sends me a video, I say, well, have you shared a bill? Have you, have you contacted a legislator? Have you contacted media? Have you called a talk show? Have you written a letter to the editor? Have you done anything to take any kind of positive action? And the answer universally is no. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not going to work. Our, our vaccine legislation is two years old as of March 31st. And that is in what? I mean, uh, April? 30th, yeah, March 1st. So today's the 28th. So as of Friday, we could have had two years ago, a bill in the national debate that would put full product liability on big pharma, all of it. People had seen, well, that's a good solution. I'm going to start telling my friends. And the friend said, you know, that's pretty good. I'm going to call a talk show. And then talk show says, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'll ask my audience to support it. Then the audience, uh, you know, sends this stuff into Congress. And somebody in Congress said, hmm, you know, it's not a bad idea. I can't support it because Big Pharma will cut my funding. But, you know, it's a good idea. Okay. So that's how things happen. So the, big, the biggest problem we have right now is that people are so enamored with being the first to share information they already know. You know, it's, like watching a, it's like watching the third uh, rerun of Top Gun Maverick. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, of course it's cool, but you already know. It's like um, when you're listening to the radio, when you listen to classic rock, and they play a song that you're thinking of that you've heard at least a thousand times or more over the last 50 years. You think, wow, that's a great song. I want to hear it again. Even though you know all the notes, you know all the words, you know everything about it. So why do you need to hear it again? Look for some new music. You know, I try to do that. I, I try and catch some of the news. A lot of it sucks, but that's okay. But, but the thing is, you've got to try something new because what we're doing isn't working. Obviously, it's not. The government still the government, imposed a, a Marxist idiocracy. They're all a bunch of idiots you know, in public and incredibly dangerous Marxists in private, and they're destroying the country. So they're winning. Okay. So unless you fight back, they're going to keep winning. And fighting back means what we do here. Um, and I don't know who else is, is fighting back in terms of, uh, I mean, a lot of people are fighting back with information. You know, get armed with the information. Okay, great. So you're armed with the information. Well, what do you do with it? Well, I don't know. Just be armed with the information. An informed public is an educated public is a useful public. No, it's not. An active public is, but an informed public is, is only half the battle. That's like having a gun without any ammo or knowing how to shoot it. Hey, the gun's great, but that's, this is where we are right now. So everybody, everybody has the equivalent of the gun. But they don't have the bullets. and They're not willing to pull the trigger. <laughs> they're not willing to uh, take the so, – so think of the bills. I, I'm, I'm sort of making up this metaphor as I go along. But if you think of the gun as the information, okay, so that's what you – you need the information, okay? Well, we've got the information. We've had the information since March of 2020. You know, I wrote the bill in March of 2021. You know, three months after the, after the jab came out, I realized this, this thing is horrible. You know, I knew it beforehand, but I didn't realize how horrible until afterwards. And as soon as I realized it was horrible, I wrote a bill to prevent it. Did anybody else write a bill to prevent it? No, we did. Because we're always years ahead of everybody else. But that's the nature of action radio, of, of being proactive as opposed to reactive. I don't report news that everybody knows. There's no point. I talk, you know, this is what we talked about in, in my last little uh, thing, talking about uh, it, it, we don't report what has happened. We report what can happen. This show is about the future. I don't. I mean, the past. Yes, I learned from the past. That, you know, it was that that, uh, that the baboon in Lion King? Don't worry about it. It's in the past. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, it still hurts. Yes, but it's in the past. <laughs> you know, that's exactly the way I feel. So I'm getting a recording. Let's see if I can work on my baboon accent from Lion King. But it's in the past. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you do today. What you do now. And if you have not uh, shared our shows, if you have not read. Just two bills. If you just read two bills, one on vaccine product liability and the other on ending big tech censorship, just those two bills. And they're everywhere. They're all over my websites. They're all over writeyourlaws.com. Go to writeyourlaws.com, click uh, legislation on the menu bar, scroll down three, click all proposed laws, and there the best bills are right there. Everything from our Australian Bill of Individual Rights, um, Pianchi's bill on, uh, on splitting the ballots, uh, a bill to uh, not withhold any money from your paycheck until you've earned your standard deduction amount. All these things are there. Jury uh, instructions of uh, how to put the judge in their place, all that kind of stuff. It's all there. And those, that's just all proposed laws. Then you've got citizen bill ideas. Those That's our workshop. That's our committee hearing. That's where we're working on a bunch of bills. And so it's all there, you know, I mean, we're at the, you know, we've led you to the water, but you're the horse that's not drinking. <laughs> you know, I, This is where I'm running into a brick wall. and I don't know what to do. If anybody has an idea, let's go back to live chat, see if anybody's typing all kinds of massive things to me. Uh, Let's ask um, Marco in the Netherlands. You know, got an idea? Let's ask Pianchi. How do we get people from being so enamored that they're the first to share information that we all know to actually taking some action? That's the challenge I have right now. I don't know how to answer it. Do, 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 do.
4: Anyway. Well, you always got people telling other people what they need to do. But they're not doing it themselves. And there's no proof that if they did do it, it would derive the results that they say it would. It's like saying blacks need to know their history and they would be better people. Well, so where's huh. the historical account for that?
1: Yeah. Better people for what? I mean, what, what? What makes a person a better person? Mm-hmm. You know? Better, but, you know, I know, I do, all right, let me put it this way. I do not know if Action Radio um, can do what it promises, that if we write the bills and we get enough people behind them, that we can actually, you know, influence Congress enough to have them vote against something that's, that's not in their interest. In other words, you know, put liability on Big Pharma uh, when Big Pharma gives them so much money to run on to maintain their positions of, uh, of corruption and decadence. I can't say that because no one's ever done this before. I cannot predict the future. All I can do is hope to change it. And the way I hope to change it is to provide a forum and a bill-writing service where legislation that would set us free from Big Pharma is already out there. And it's been out there for, for two years, Friday. And yet, an article list. Um, but uh, you look, at, look at all the people who have been on the show. Jeff Childers, attorney, who just went to an Atlanta legal conference on COVID. Well, what better place to introduce vaccine product liability legislation and big tech uh, free information legislation? And yet, I wasn't invited by the person who knows about it the keynote speaker. And I'm not saying he should have lobbied to get me there. I'm just, I'm just saying it would have been nice to be there. But look who knows about what we do. Peter McCullough knows our bills. Dr. Robert Malone knows our bills. Christina Bob, Trump attorney, knows our bills. David Stockman, economics, uh, head of, uh, of Reagan, uh, the Reagan budget, knows our bills. Peter Navarro, senior Trump analyst, knows our bills. Emma Robinson, who had me on, on vaccine product liability last August. Uh, Lindell TV, Frank Speech, she knows about our bills. All these people know about them, but it never gets beyond the, the, the talking stage. I've been on probably 20 interviews with different talk show hosts in the last six months. All of them talked about the bills. All of them supported the bills. All of them said they would probably want to write a bill. None of them have gotten back to me. Not one. So nothing changes. I can't change the world myself. And I shouldn't. No one person should ever change the world. But when so many people favor what we're doing and still can't make that leap to actually, you know, reporting it in the news, like if Peter McCullough was on with uh, Joe Rogan again, and they were talking for a while, talking for a while, back and forth, Yada da, da the jab is terrible. Now it's got HIV in it, yada da da By the way, there is a solution to this problem that's called vaccine product liability. There is a bill that that here. Is. I mean, how hard is that to say? And yet it's not being said. Apparently it's impossible to say because no one's saying it. Anyway, i got a bunch of more folks I'm going to talk to. Uh, I'm going to try and reach uh, James O'Keefe, of, formerly of <laughs> Project uh, Veritas. Um, and I have other folks in the works, I'm not going to say yet, but we have more guests coming. And maybe, maybe you know, who is going to be the guest that actually takes this nationally? Mike Huckabee? Newt Gingrich? I don't know. Candace Owens? I mean, the people are out there that can do it, but they're not doing it. I don't get it. I just don't. There's something very, very wrong that people are more interested and fascinated by repeating the problems and less interested in actually having the solutions. That's the part I don't understand.
4: Huh? Yeah, and that goes on. I find that all the time. People constantly talk about the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. So why is
1: that? I mean, I try to have a fresh show every day. Yes, I talk about some things. There are certain themes in this show. But for the most part, our shows are different, radically different. Every show has a different set of reporters. You know, we have multiple bills. And yet nothing happens. It's just, I don't know. I I didn't didn't anticipate this part of (laughs) Action
4: Radio when I set the whole thing up. So we'll see. Let me... You listen to the news. They run the same old white supremacy, racism, blah, blah, blah. So how does the, how does the,
1: there's, there was this is a great topic because there was a clip on the news, uh, One American News, where they played uh, a black city councilwoman complaining about white supremacy for, for, for a white city council or the city council or county commission anyways up in Minnesota. She says, as a black woman, I'm offended by your white supremacy, to which she should have said, well, you could never understand it because you're not white. I mean, why didn't she say that? I said, it's insulting. It's offensive for a black person or a Hispanic person or an Asian person or any person who's not white to complain about white supremacy, because that makes you a racist. You have no idea what it's like to be white and realize that there is no privilege. If there was privilege, we wouldn't have affirmative action. If there was privilege, we wouldn't have different differential SAT test scores. That's the things you bring up all the time. If there were privilege, uh, then I would get uh, scholarships. I would get uh, grants in funding and, you know, action radio. I'd have a ton of, uh, you know, of white person, uh, you know, grants from the government, white male grants. But they're yeah, right they
4: always complaining. They so always the complaining about white supremacy in it, but they always uh, wanted to be like whites. Well, how do you be like? They, a, how do you be like? How do you be white? Tell me how to be white.
1: Now there's there's a Wait thoughts. a minute, Here I am. I'm asking a black there's guy how to be white. I uh, want people to notice
4: that. <laughs> they say that blacks <laughs> have X number of dollars in wealth, where whites have. X number of dollars and wealth. We, you need to close the gap in education outcome between blacks and whites. You need to close the gap between uh, economic outcomes between blacks and whites. So blacks complain about white supremacy, mm-hmm. but they want to be white.
1: Why would a black person or want to be, be like white? white? What, 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 how do you how do you be white?
4: Well, curious. that's what they can. what the norm is. That that we always hear the complaints.
0: Okay. You know, well, white kids,
4: uh, black right. kids are lagging behind whites. Well, do something about it, like you say. You complain about it, but do something about it.
1: Yeah. Do you think that white parents
4: educate their white kids on how to be white? I think white parents do what parents should be doing. You got mm-hmm. black parents to do what black parents should be doing. And you got those yeah.
1: who don't. I think most parents are just trying to raise the kids. But if you listen to the, the, the black offenders of, you know, who are offended by the fact that the USA exists, like this woman, and I'll see if I can find a source for you. But any, it's like, you know, when, when, when uh, black folks say that you, you don't know what it's like to be black, you, you can't talk about it. Okay, fine. Well, then you don't know what it's like to be white, and you can't talk about it. It's the same thing. Then they principle. talk
4: about uh, how... Blacks are punished more severely with similar crimes that whites do. Well, why do you do the crime anyway?
1: Yes, but it is actually true that uh, that black felons uh, do get uh, longer prison sentences. However, black felons generally have more crimes you know, that they've committed than white felons, violent crimes. So in that respect, you're it actually comes- punishing people because they're repeat offenders. So there is a basis for that claim, yeah. but you have to explain it. It's more than, than what you think it is. It's not because they're black. It's because these people have generally far more offenses to the name. And the the more offenses you have, generally the longer your prison term, because you obviously didn't learn the first time.
4: Right? They say that blacks are more likely to be stopped in Ferguson than whites. Well, hell, well, there ain't no whites in Ferguson.
0: <laughs>
1: That's hysterical. That's actually really funny. That's uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, you're you're more likely to be stopped if you're black in, in Ghana, for example, uh, than if you're white. And uh, there's what twenty white people in Ghana? I, mean, I don't know. I'm just made up you know, a yeah. because they were in the news. Okay, so so yeah, so I'm more so um, so am I as a white person more likely to be stopped in Ghana if I'm speeding? Well, I certainly stand out more. Cause I'd be like one of five white people in the country, right? That would be hysterical. So that's black supremacy. <laughs> Exercise on my black white
4: supremacy. Black yeah, supremacy in okay. purpose. yes, you're right.
1: There is black supremacy. Yeah, well, if the majority of black population is acting in a way that is uh, preferential towards the black majority, then that is the definition of black supremacy. I'm still getting back on how to be white. <laughs> Remember the history of white people with uh, Martin Mull? I talked about that. I looked it up one day and, I, and I, I was listening to it. And then I realized I looked on the right side of all the other the related videos and every other video was on, on how evil it is for blacks in this country. So here I'm looking at, look it up yourself. Look at the history of white people, Martin Mull, and then see what else comes up on, on the related videos on the other side. There isn't a single other history of white people, including white people, part two by Martin Mull. They don't want you watching it, but that's hysterical. So, so how does one be white? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the, you know, but, but white people don't, like you said, don't stand up. She didn't stand up for herself. She's trying to defend. I'm not a white supremacist. The last thing you say when someone says you're a white supremacist is I'm not a white supremacist because that's a weak position. What you say is, how dare you say that? Who are you to say that? You're not white. You have no idea what it's like. You know, and said how can you have privilege in a country that has affirmative action? That's the first thing. And we can just go down the list. Anyway, I want to talk about this, this bill that we had yesterday. Um, that Jonathan, uh, when he was talking about, remember when we were talking about juries, and I said we have a bill that that gives mandatory jury instructions? Because juries, uh, there's there's two places that laws can be found unconstitutional. Uh, The first is by the state courts, you know, for federal law. uh, And the second uh, is through juries. And yet the jury gets completely uh, short shrift. You never hear about the power of a jury to nullify laws. um, But juries are perfectly capable of saying this law is unconstitutional. Why not? Is there anything in the Constitution that says the only people who can say things are unconstitutional is the Supreme Court? Obviously, that's a rhetorical question. Bianchi.
4: Well, you know, and that's a good place to do it, too, because at that point in time, a jury is about to apply the law to a citizen. If the law is wrong, then you're going to misappropriate, uh, unjustly punish a citizen. But isn't uh, that unjust whole, law.
1: yeah, isn't that the whole spirit of common law? Common law arrives through precedent, through, through testing laws in actual cases. That's, what, that's the whole basis of common law. So if that is the bit, in fact, juries used to do that. Juries used to be empowered to do that. I need to look up, I'm going to talk to Jonathan about this too, about the Supreme Court before John Marshall, before he invented the power of judicial review. So let me read this bill. Tell let me what let you think of this. I'm kind of curious. This is one of those, let's take action. So I wrote this November 11th of 2017. This is one of, one of our early bills. This goes way back to uh, WBY days. And the title of the bill, all juries, before deliberating, will receive a Miranda-type mandated instruction uh, from all judges. And here's my introduction. It says there are two ways that the judiciary have imposed their own tyranny on this nation. One is to usurp the unconstitutional power of judicial review, which is judges and justices. I'll take out justices because we know that's not true anymore, which is judges taking it upon themselves to rule on the constitutionality of laws, a power that is specifically not delegated to the judiciary in Article 3 of the Constitution. The other is by denying the instruction to juries that they have the power to judge not just the facts of the case and rule as the judge explains the law to them, but to rule, judge, and if necessary nullify the laws in the case. The defendant can then be judged not guilty because the law or laws they are charged under never should have existed. It is called jury nullification. So it says, I propose that a Miranda type instruction be mandated for every jury that sits that before deliberation they be given this instruction, just like people are given a Miranda warning at the time of arrest. It is an explanation of their rights which they certify that they understand. So here's the proposed law. Juries before deliberating will receive this mandated instruction from judges. You have the right to judge the laws as well as the facts of the case. And if you find the laws unjust, or unconstitutional, you have the power, right, and duty to nullify the law or laws, and can acquit or find not guilty on that basis alone. That's it. That's the whole instruction. Two lines.
0: Piakie?
4: Yeah, I got to get a copy of it because I'm going to have a meeting with a state rep. Oh. I'm going to hand over something
1: I'll put it in your. I'll put it in your Facebook Messenger. I'll do it right now. Do, 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 easy, easy, easy Just that.
4: It's like, too, that uh, there should come a time now where uh-huh. states demand their land back from the federal government. In case in yeah. point, this uh-huh. drilling operation is getting ready to happen up in, uh, that they're going to uh, license to happen in Alaska, the federal government is is going to reach them at like 11 to $15 billion. Now, wouldn't it be nice if the state that fell had that money?
1: Yeah, we should the write that if... has, yeah.
4: the federal government has already proved, Greg. No matter how much money they have, they still gonna come up in shortfalls. No matter <laughs> They're how much spend they more
1: have, will always the, the, exactly they'll always spend more money than they have. Yeah. So I, I put the bill in your messenger, but I also have it on my Facebook the page. State the legal can't page. Can't tip
4: do States have to run a balanced budget. Why? Right. Because you can't print money. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you remember, if, if, if you remember earlier in the show, I talked about this. I posted this on Facebook last night, that if you correct the stock market for inflation, you know, the $32,438 or whatever it was at the close yesterday, uh, if you correct it for inflation back to 1900, it's like $904. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average, corrector for inflation, has gone from $41 at the opening in 1896 um, to $904 in 2023. Well, that's 130-some-odd years. That's about, what, 23? It's like 127 years of Dow Jones Industrial Average, and it's only gone up uh, from $41 to $900. Well, that's still a jump. But what's that per year? <laughs> 2%? What's inflation? 3%? <laughs> you yeah. so, uh, know, so we got a problem. So inflation traditionally has been about 3%. It's a little bit lower now. Let me get calculate calculator out here. So let's go percentage. So 904, 904 was 908 um, divided by 32,400 and whatever. I'm just making stuff up. Yep, 0.278. That's exactly uh, – that's equal to the value of the dollar. So actually, the market hasn't changed at all. So the, so when I, when I get the percentage um, – I mean, this isn't quite right. No, it's – but that's – I just basically calculated the inflation number. And that's why it's the same. So the dollar today is worth uh, basically $0.03 of a $1,900. That's how much it buys. So in 1900 you could buy for three cents. What it costs a dollar to buy today? That's how much inflation is. So I got to figure out how to calculate how the mar- you know, how much the market's jumped. If the market's gone from fifty dollars to nine hundred, how much jump is that? It's hundred
0: divided by fifty. Nine hundred divided
1: by fifty. So it's approximately eighteen times. So the market's increased by a factor of eighteen. But how much has inflation got in that time? So what I'm saying is the market really hasn't hasn't out hasn't done much to outpace inflation. It's kind of scary. Piaki? I am still on the air, I hope.
0: <laughs>
1: Let me see what's going on here. Yeah, microphone's on. Piaki must have had a does the market yeah, it, now,
4: it, 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 the market has up. Yeah, you would have been better to put your money in the market in many cases than in someplace else. Oh, yeah.
1: But, but I'm saying if the market hasn't jumped it. as much as we all think, it, I'm going to ask Derek about this. If the market correct for, corrected for inflation has gone from 41 to $908, you know, and inflation has gone from... So the jump in inflation is, is... I wonder if that's greater than the jump in the market. So the market's increased 18 times. But the rate of inflation... You know, it's now down to three cents on the dollar. <laughs> so that to me is like 97% drop in value.
4: You know, before Obama, the market, Dow Jones was about 8,000. Now it's up to about 31.
1: Yeah, but so is the national debt. The national debt during Obama was what, $20 trillion? Now it's like $32. Uh, inflation was far less. Well, I, can do so- I got some shows in the works on that. Let's talk about this, this whole idea of juries of juries getting instructions or juries giving the judge instructions. So I had an alternate proposal too, a slightly longer version. I said an alternate is to consider a longer and more comprehensive version requiring proof of compliance. This could also be included in a state or federal jury bill of rights. And here's here's the extended version. You have the right to judge the laws as well as the facts of the case. And if you find the laws unjust, unfair, unworkable, prejudiced, unconstitutional, oppressive, exceeding of legitimate government power, or on another basis, you declare you have the right, power, and duty to nullify the law or laws in the case and acquit or find not guilty on that basis, uh, on the basis that the law or laws themselves never should have existed. You have the right to access the Constitution, relevant jury nullification cases, and any relevant case law you request around the laws in question, regardless of whether or not they have been in- introduced in the proceedings. So there's the more detailed version for
4: juries. You know, that would work good in gun cases, especially Mm -hmm. if the jury say, well, let me see that uh, Second Amendment. Let me read that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How about January 6th cases? What what does it say? How about the rights of the accused? Did they get the due process? Did they, uh, you know, get their their grand jury? Did they get their hearing? Were they able to introduce all the evidence? You know, do they have the right to confront the witnesses against them? Well, yeah, they do. So this would be a great case for juries for... uh, for the dc juries then i got further provisions listen it gets better this is i love this bill it's one of my favorites i should probably talk about it more often uh no member of the judiciary law enforcement officer or government official shall withhold this instruction nor offer any instructions coercion or threat of prosecution consequence or repercussion to the contrary of these juror rights no investigation well because what happens is the judges say you have the you know I will instruct you. I will tell you what the law says. Well why should they why, why are judges telling juries what the law says? It's not after them. That's so right. They
4: shouldn't team. be doing it. Yeah. That's another thing that see judges do so much that's mm-hmm. totally inappropriate
0: mm-hmm.
4: and beyond their scope. They themselves are like a little dictator. Yeah. In some cases.
0: You know.
1: It's it's like if you ever watch a presidential debate and they take questions from the audience. So somebody will ask a really good question. And then one of the moderating liberal reporters will, will take it and rephrase it and ask the question they wanted to ask. So they totally changed the meaning. That's what the judges are doing. They'll take the evidence and facts in the case, and then they'll tell the jury you know, what they saw you know, and, hear, and, and tell them how to rule. Basically, they instruct them. Why are, jur- why are judges giving instructions at all? Why don't they just say to the jury, you have the case. Please break." And just go. That's what they should be doing. They shouldn't give any, because anything the judge says is going to be biased and prejudicial. If I was a defense attorney, I would say, I'm sorry, judge, you can't give instructions to this jury. Wouldn't that be interesting? If a a defense attorney says, okay, your honor, you know, if you give instructions to the jury, you're going to prejudice my case. You're not allowed to give instructions. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? But they don't do that because they're not brave enough. Because they've been co-opted by the system. Let me give you another condition, further provisions. No investigation, questioning, nor jury form or oath shall investigate in any way the feelings and thoughts of any prospective juror as to jury nullification under pain of immediate disbarment for any judge, attorney, or other judicial official or officer. See, they try and weed out the people. I've been thrown off juries twice for talking about it. Of course, I openly said I'm for jury nullification. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like I didn't know what was going to happen. But um, they do. In fact, the, the judge in one case said that you cannot judge the laws in the case. You can only judge the facts. And I raised my hand and said, Your Honor, you're wrong. And why don't we call him Your Honor? He should call the jurors your justice <laughs> or, or your eminence. Or I think they'll call him your justice. So your justice foreman, your, your justice, you know, something like that. Because that's what they're trying to do, achieve justice. But I got thrown off a
4: case. Well, said, when they you introduce are, the you know, introduce as your honorable this, your honorable that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, how about the jury being introduced as the honorable jury foreman, or foreperson? Good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we've got to raise juries up so that they're more powerful than judges. And, the, and, the, and this is why I told Jonathan yesterday. I said, "Wait a minute. The juries represent the people. And if we're a government of we the people, then the juries are more powerful than the judge in the case. The judge is the referee." That's it. Well,
4: the that's just makes, like uh, these ATF uh-huh. cases. Uh-huh. If your jury was to practice that, a lot of these ATF rules that uh, they're using to punish people and convict people would have to go out the uh-huh. window.
1: So you tell a bunch of ignorant. You're absolutely right. So you tell a bunch of ignorant jurors that the ATF has the power to make regulations. These regulations are legal, and you have to judge whether the person, you know, violated the regulations. Whereas a really good defense attorney should be able to get up and say these regulations are unconstitutional, that infringement on Second Amendment rights, agencies cannot make up regulations and have them have the force of law. The laws have to come from Congress and the regulations come from the laws that Congress passes. None of this is legal. You need to nullify this case because it should never have even got to trial because the ATF is using illegal authority that they don't have and you can't convict on something that's not legal. You can't convict on an authority that doesn't exist. That's how I'd argue the case. Yeah, I should have been a lawyer, but I couldn't afford the student loans. (laughs) Here's another one. All jurors are required to be actual peers of the defendant, known to and known by the accused per the Constitution. So when we say a jury of your peers, they actually have to be your peers. They have to be people that know you. That would be a nice uh, addition, too, because now, now they have a jury pool. They're not peers. You know that jury, if, I, if I'm convicted of a crime, do you think I'm going to see my peers? Do you think I see action radio people? Of course, that might be a little too close. But do you think I'm going to have people that know me, have known me for years, and they're going to be on the jury? They should be.
4: No, they're not. Like cause some people, Chris. hey, don't forget to make comment on the shooting now.
1: Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's right. You brought that up. earlier. Why don't you tell me about that? We've got time. The uh, the I pretty much covered this. There's more of the bill, but people can read it. Read it on my page. Read it on writeyourlaws.com. Go to legislation. Go to all proposed laws. And the title is: All juries before deliberating uh, will receive a miranda type mandated instruction from all judges. Tell me about the shooting. What happened?
4: Oh, well, the school shooting yesterday in a private Catholic, a private Christian school, where apparently that's a unusual. former student who's trans went back and, you know, killed some people, killed maybe a little more. But the thing is, is this, is how it's being reported. Uh, Why come Uh, there's not an outcry for a anti-Christian hate bill? Because apparently that's what it was. You know how those that uh, have these woke uh, ideologies and these trends ideology, how they complain about how Christians use the Bible against them and so on and so on. So Mm -hmm. was this a case like that? Well, it sounds like a hate crime. I mean, it's basically a hate
1: crime against Christians, against people who believe in God. So let's talk about this trans person. So this trans person, which doesn't exist because there's no such thing as trans, you cannot change your sex. You can only have surgery and take drugs. So let's establish that first of all. So now we've got someone that has an ideology uh, where they think that they have, here's another thing too, nobody gets special rights in this country. Uh, people do have them, but legally, there's, there's, no, there's no authorization for one person to have greater rights than somebody else. So there are no LGBTQ special rights. They don't exist because that's unconstitutional. So coming from that basis, so you cannot have LGBTQ civil rights, you can only have civil rights, okay? Everybody has the same civil rights. You cannot be discriminated against, but since trans is not a real thing, <clears throat> Can't wait for the mail on that. Um, but uh, it's not. Trans is a, is a, is a made-up category. It doesn't exist because nobody, nobody can actually transition from one gender to another. It can't be done. You cannot change your chromosomes in your DNA. All you can do is have surgery and take drugs. Mm-hmm. Now, you might look different, be different, have different body parts. That's fine. Yes, that can happen. But, doesn't make you, but you don't get a civil right for that because you chose to do that. You know, That doesn't make you special. It just makes you, you know, have issues, <laughs> you know. So, so let's talk about this trans person. So, this trans person. So, the woke ideology says that if you don't believe what I believe, then I have the right to kill you because you're a subhuman. That's pretty much what it is, right?
4: Sounds like it to me. Yes. Okay. As so now we've got a life. trans.
1: Okay. So now we've got a trans person. Now I haven't read the story yet, but I'm, I'm just guessing. So, so fill in the details here. We've got a trans person that thinks because. They're being persecuted, prosecuted. First of all, I have to think that trans really is a thing. And I've had a trans person on the show. Okay. Surgery, drugs. She's happy. I'm happy for her. She's an adult. Not a problem. Understand it completely. But she's not forcing it on other people. Okay. So that's okay. She's not using it to commit a crime. That's okay. She's a pretty decent person. I was really glad to have her on the air. It was a really great discussion. And if people want to do that, you have the freedom in this country to change your body parts. You know, to take drugs. And if you feel bad about yourself, that's great. But it's not a civil right. You don't get a preference in hiring. You don't get a preference in, in uh, all kinds of stuff. You don't get uh, special tax breaks. It's not a civil right. You can't claim prejudice because um, I mean, you're, you're advocating something that doesn't exist. So there's no special rights. If you're discri- now, if people who are discriminated against, that's a civil right for everybody. So, yes, in that case, a person who has changed their body parts and taken drugs, okay. If you think you're being discriminated against for taking that action, you've got a claim. You know, except unless you had a job that you know that uh, uh, that you wouldn't fit in, but that's another story too. We'll talk about that later. So this person believes they can they can kill people who disagree with them because they are morally superior. Um, they they use the force of arms. They think that uh, it, they are somehow justified that murder of people who disagree with them or that don't agree with them completely is somehow justified. Is that about right? Yeah. So what's the report? What's the report say? In fact, I think you, you posted it to me here. Let me go check up the live chat a little bit here.
4: No, that's not the report. It's just coming out. She also wrote a manifesto. Is and it a her G? mother is for gun control. So one would wonder why come she didn't practice red law and mm-hmm. report her daughter to the authorities.
1: Okay. So let's get the correct terminology. So a transgender man is actually a woman. A transgender woman is actually a man. So we're talking about a man or a woman here. Do you remember? Let's see what the article says. Here's what you oh, wrote.
4: She's biological here. female and she trans to a male. To what okay, so she's
1: a woman. She's a woman that has, is, is attempting to add male body parts. Okay, that's fine. Did she take drugs?
4: I don't know. Probably. We don't know probably. that
1: much it. Okay, well, I, let, let's assume. And she, I think uh, she,
4: and she probably went to this school and it probably was a she the the, the kid in the class right was critical on her if she expressed it i don't know we just know from a few details i mean Mm
1: -hmm. i got teased for being australian i didn't kill anybody over it (laughs) yeah you know because i i uh, because i know right from wrong you know and this whole woke ideology but basically as we talked about with brianna earlier these people feel morally superior they think they can make up law they can think they think because they do it it's okay so obviously this person knows that murder is illegal and did it anyway because they felt superior to the law and they felt superior to everybody else to the point where people who might have disagreed with them, teased them, said something they didn't like, deserve to die. Wow, that's sick. Here's what you said earlier. If well, Lance Brandon sugar, should
4: be using words, should use words like woke supremacy. I think, have we used that word on that
1: show? I think we might have. If not, I'm going to start. It's a good term.
4: Woke supremacy and anti-Christian hate.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure. God hate. Let's call it God hate. You're a God hater. What's wrong with you? Anyway, so you you said if the latest shooter was, in fact, a trans who went to a Christian school and killed, where's the left's call for anti-Christian hate bill? Well, the the left hates Christians to begin with. See Christianity. Remember, we were talking about this earlier with Brianna. The dynasties. The first thing every every dynasty does, they destroy the family. You know, it's it's family, God, and, and self defense. <laughs> Those are the things they always go after. They always go after the family. They always go after God, and they always go after your means of self defense. You know, disarm the people, get rid of religion, break up the family. That, that's just that's just Marxism 101. So you wrote the trans who went to a Christian school and killed. Uh, did they kill their parents too? I mean, for sending them to a Christian school.
4: No, her parent is. Uh, I don't think she did. No, huh. she attended the school earlier in her life. Right. I understand too. Yeah. So I know the way I read it, wrote it, sounded like she went to physically drove to the. So she she, she was she a
1: woman. All right. So now when she was Form when she was too. in school, was she uh was she a woman? An unaltered woman, shall we say? Well, let's use that term. So she was she unaltered. I would say that she,
4: she. I would say that she wasn't. I would say, see, this is my is what I assume I assume while she was in school as a student, she uh-huh. was uh, revealing those tendencies and being that it's a Christian school, she was being criticized for it. Now, see here and later see, on she wants you. to come back to come up for whatever reason and take out some revenge and do this just kick.
1: She, she, she's sick. So, you know, she's criminally insane. Do you think you should kill people because they don't express your ideas? That's incredibly dangerous. Here's a question she wrote too. a
4: manifesto. She mm-hmm. wrote a you manifesto. So therefore, in her house as she was staying with her mother, the mother mm-hmm. had to know something or seen the tendencies that this uh, person was expressing and demonstrating. So that should have, she says that, uh, it said that the mother is, uh, Pro gun control. Mm-hmm. Well, she's seen these tendencies in her daughter. Well, pro gun control people want to have laws like the red flag laws, where you can tell on a family member. So, why come she didn't do that?
1: Well, did did, did the uh, mother own guns? How was, how was the, the, the is it, we're talking about an adult kid here, or we're we talking about still a child yeah, under eighteen?
4: It's, it's She's an adult. a woman that's done shooting in her
1: 20s. Okay, so we're talking about an adult. So she was legally able to buy guns. So it doesn't matter what the mother thought at that point. Mother's not responsible. Once once the, once the once mm-hmm. you reach the age where she can buy guns, whether it's 18 she, or 21, it should be 18. Um, then, she had a handgun and
4: then maybe two other weapons.
1: So she, did she buy them legally?
4: She had two assault type, I think she had two assault type rifles and she had you mean, a hand you
1: hand mean freedom down. rifles
4: we don't call them assault rifles either.
1: yeah we we, we should come by their proper name are they ar-15 Boy, the <laughs> <laughs> well see but that's the thing so so uh, uh, a firearm becomes an assault weapon if you use it to assault people but i yeah. you, i call them freedom was rifles because i use them, the them news, to defend my freedom with the news yeah. Oh, yeah i was reading well, the news report yeah but we, we got to pick the news because the news uses biased terminology so we need to correct that with correct terminology. Oh, Marco's done. He's, uh... so the Netherlands is leaving us. So we, we, we lost our European connection. <laughs> we'll have to pick it up the next day. Uh, so but i be curious about the here, uh-huh.
4: The question here, Greg, is the response from the president, other than the lame-brain response that we got from your press, your uh, White House press secretary talking about the Republicans don't go along with gun control, mm-hmm. and also the response from the president as far as the need for legislation uh, describing anti-Christian hate groups, which would be the woke crowd. hmm
1: well, and then how come? So what we need is the equivalent in, on the conservative side of the Southern Poverty Law Center, although a little more honorable than they are, that actually describes leftist hate groups. So it sounds like this person.
4: And also, uh huh. Just like you had the shooter in Chicago that uh, that holiday, where they wanted where they want to prosecute the father. Well, uh-huh. why come this mother who is pro gun control? Why come she's not being prosecuted? Because of what well, her daughter no, she's does. not
1: uh, well, we don't prosecute people for their views, but she's not being prosecuted because her daughter's old enough to buy her own guns. So she has nothing to do with that.
4: Well the kid in uh I think the kid is well I don't know. Well it depends on how long she's had the guns, The particular gun she used. Well, okay, so let's 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 let's
1: do two case scenarios. So one case scenario she bought them legally, had not committed a crime to this point, was not on the list of people that can't purchase guns, uh, and then used them in a crime. Now she's on the list.
4: <laughs> okay. Um, but but how much did she was, know about the tendencies that her daughter had? So if she knew. Well, would she be, be responsible not. to no. report it? No. Well, let me, let me put it's this what way. red flag laws is about right.
1: Well, red flag laws are unconstitutional. They're illegal. You cannot convict somebody of a crime that they might commit. Maybe. See, a red flag is a conviction. It's anti-due process. See, here's the thing. This is a little challenging for people to understand that in a free society, what makes a society free is that the honest law-abiding people can do what they want. So the reason that red flag laws and preemptive strikes and things like that are unconstitutional is they stop all the honest people from exercising their rights. If you have red flag laws, then people will not exercise rights that they duly have simply because they don't want to be accused or lose their guns or things like that. So in a free society, you cannot convict somebody until they've committed a crime. You know, does that mean that some people will be shot, you know, in, in gun free zones? Well probably. So but the problem is the gun free zone. So in other words, the answer in a free society is to arm yourself to be responsible for your own self defense simply because You can't arrest somebody for what they might do in the future, maybe, like a lot of other countries. That's what guarantees the freedom, not of the person to commit the crime, but the honest people to exercise their rights. And that's far more important.
4: Yeah, but here goes the hypocrisy. If you got someone who's pro-gun control and you got a member of your family that's loading up, going to kill somebody, you have an obligation to warn the authorities.
1: You know, I, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I think it would be a good idea. I don't think it should be a legal requirement. And the problem is, if for everybody that warns of someone that has guns that might do something, what about a parent that doesn't want their kids owning guns simply because they don't want the kids owning guns? And it might be perfectly law-abiding, and they it's warn the
4: case here. It's, it's I know, the I know. Not, owner,
1: okay, so I'm just trying to think.
4: went to the school with three right. weapons. Mm-hmm. And she had to come out because she was still staying with her mother. She had enough time to write a manifesto in the house. Mm-hmm. So she had to be expressing those type of tendencies, that type of animosity, mm-hmm. uh, what the mother should have picked up on, if that is the case.
1: Okay, so what do you do if you have a problem, kid? You could, she could have told the school. Uh, so she could have read the manifesto. <laughs> she could have asked the advice of lawyers. She probably could have told law enforcement. See, I'm not sure. This is a gray area for me. I don't have – How of can a she be for
4: gun control when she got gun misuse going on right under her nose and not report Well, people – a lot of people who are against guns that own them, <laughs> they're
1: just against guns for everybody else. There's a lot of liberals – uh, there was a famous case. I think uh, uh, I could get this wrong, but if I remember, Grace Flick of the Jefferson Airplane used to talk about how anti-gun she was. And then she got a visit from the police for some reason or for whatever reason was, you know, and it came out that she had a bunch of guns in her house. And she says, well, those are my guns.
4: And if this I mother got, was... You know,
1: you know I, I had to protect myself solution. against the, the, the crazy people. You know, so the guns were okay yeah, for her, but this they weren't okay mother was for anybody was else. For
4: gun control. Mm-hmm. If this mother was for like gun control to prevent mm-hmm. what her daughter eventually done mm-hmm. was she should have reported her daughter like she wants to see red flag laws used in order to control guns and people with like yeah.
1: guns. Yeah, but hypocrisy is not a crime. It, 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 hypocrisy is not a crime. You can't convict people of what they should have done. You know, because then we can have all kinds of requirements. Well, you should have exercised more, so we're not going to pay for your heart surgery. You know, you should have... Uh, you know, you should have taken better care of yourself. You should have lost more weight. We're not going to give you, uh, you know, a uh, life extending. We're not going to, you know, treat you for X, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, where does this go? So, I always try to look at this from, from the, the, the law-abiding citizen, you know, how are they going to be affected? Are people going to have their rights affected? So, most of the things that people propose in terms of, well, you have to tell the authorities, you have to prevent this. You know, prevention is really tough. The best prevention is for people to be armed, to watch out for themselves, to have security, do all that kind of stuff. Take preemptive measures. Uh, did this woman have a, you know, in other words, did she have a duty to warn? Uh, do you want to make it a legal requirement to warn? And then, how do you judge whether well, the warning is revealed, correct?
4: Paul Revere warned, didn't he?
1: Hmm. Yeah, but that's a different situation. But uh, you know, how far do you want to take warning? Do you want to make it any. a legal you requirement? You
4: can have people coming, people okay, coming you... with weapons and you.
1: So exactly. he warned, oh no i'm not I'm probably they thing. I'm not questioning power Revere. I'm questioning uh, do you make warnings a legal requirement, or do you just make it a moral imperative? In other words, you should do this, you should warn if you believe your kid is about to commit a murder,
4: I think you should, yeah, well, what I'm saying is this, if this lady is so concerned about the control of guns, whereas this incident, if it did happen this week, and I'm putting a lot of presumptions in there. Well, mm-hmm. she should have either tried to stop her daughter or warn the authorities of what her daughter seemingly is starting to act kind of strange.
1: Yeah, but her position anyway, on guns is irrelevant. We've got to go in a second, but her position on guns is irrelevant to me because if she was absolutely pro-gun, had guns all over the house, had them locked up, you know, you know secured all over the house, you know, whatever, um, then uh, that position wouldn't matter either. She would have no more liability, no less liability. Uh, or responsibility for for telling authorities what her daughter might do. She has
4: a moral liability. Yeah, she has a moral liability to do what she has to do to protect the lives of other innocent people.
1: Yeah, but does she have a – last question, does she have a legal requirement to do that?
4: Well, people can take those things to another level. You never know. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Good chat today.
1: Um, so let me get going here. I'm back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time. And we've got this. show. Right, so we have Brianna. Thanks, Pianchi. So, of course, Pianchi, uh who's on a whole bunch of time, which is really great. Uh, we had Josie's report. We had Brianna's report. This has been a fascinating morning. I mean, Tuesdays, you know, I love Mondays. I love all the days. But uh, Mondays, Tuesdays uh, are particularly good simply because we have such great reporters. Uh, we have Jonathan and, and Diane. Uh, me, Jonathan and Dorothy on Monday with Brianna and Josie on Tuesday. And usually Pianchi both days as well. So Mondays and Tuesdays are pretty cool around here. Wednesdays and Thursdays, still working on Fridays pretty, pretty good, though. Twin Candace is here when she does her, her new report, you know, Believe the Journey uh, with Cowgirl Candace. So she's one of our newest reporters. Uh, and Derek Park on Friday also. So I need, I need a gun reporter for Friday. So I got an open hour at 8 o'clock or, or 7 a.m. for half an hour. So I got a couple of places open. On, I like gun, gun reports on Friday, but I could do a Thursday gun report, too. So, you know. All these options are available. So anyway, our website here that you're listening to is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Our legislative site for all the bills we talked about is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. You'll find most of the good bills. If you click on legislation on the menu bar, scroll down three, click on all proposed laws, uh, you'll find the good bills. Those are the ones we're sending out. Uh, GiveSendGo.com slash action radio if you want to contribute. Uh, my Substack, com for all my latest articles. And Facebook for my latest video <laughs> of Brandon giving a speech, what I'm calling the, the Democrat response to Trump, um, with uh, the Soviet national anthem background. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Uh, and I will see you tomorrow, uh, 7 a.m. Uh, Central Time. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Panklo's Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic, It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive, is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't Their website is gracecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gracecare.adm@gmail.com, at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care. Better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From Addiction to Achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to My Coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio Live. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio, using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed.